This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Little personal story. We've been waiting. If you uh, don't mind, I have no idea what like what could have happened. Well, you tipped your hand a little bit. Well, you didn't tell us exactly what happened, but you indicated yesterday as we were having our conference call, which we do, you know, before on uh, Sunday night and all the way through to Friday, that you had something that was, and you you didn't even mince words. You said it's the most painful experience of your life. Saturday uh, morning, eight a.m. I just roll out of bed. It was actually before then. I rolled out of bed. I go downstairs and. I just have, uh, I was a little bit hungry, so I just had one tiny little cup of cereal and a cup of coffee, all right? And then I had a little uh, kind of rumbling in my gut, and uh, I go to do my business, on, yeah. on my, my constitutional. To make a boom boom. On the turlet. Yeah. And and I go, and I and I do my business. I do a little bit of my business, and right. then all of a sudden I feel this cramp oh. in my gut, in my oh, lower no. lower left side. And uh, it it hurt quite a bit. I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, and then a couple minutes later, it happened again, hmm. and it got more severe <sighs> as it kept going, and it kept going and going and going. And Rochelle is is asleep, and I eventually, about a half hour of of dealing with this pain, I wake her up. I'm like, Hannah, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm like, this this is really hurting a lot. Oh yeah, and. So I made her aware of that, and I go and I sit on the couch, and I'm sitting there for a few minutes, and it happens again. And I'm like, okay. And I get up, and I start to head for the bathroom, and I couldn't even make it. I hit the ground, and I fell down in a fetal position. I was in so much pain. Oh, Jesus. And I would just, I couldn't move. And, and, I had, and I stayed in that position on my hands and knees for about 45 minutes or so. Uh, like I couldn't, I couldn't move. Just on the floor. Yeah, I was on the floor because each time this pain started to happen, I started to sweat profusely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My mouth started to water. Vomiting. I felt like I was going to pass out and I wanted to vomit. <sighs> and it kept going on and going on and going on. And eventually I'm like, uh, she, she, she's like, you want to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. Mm. Well, after about three hours of this. Oh, three hours? Yeah, I'm like. It's time to go. We you, we, we got to go. So so she calls Doctor Mike. So did you vomit at all? Yeah. Uh, eventually. Okay. So so we get Doctor Mike. More cereal. We get Doctor Mike on the phone, and uh, so he's telling us he's like, okay, uh, yeah, you definitely need to go to the hospital. And uh, Grandview Hospital is closest to us. He said yes, and he said they've got a good you know surgical staff there right. if, it, if it needs to be that. Um, he asked what side, you know, I said it was the left side, so he knew it wasn't my appendix, which is your right side. Unless your appendix had traveled. Unless it yeah. took a little trip over that way. And, um, so he's, his concern was that I might have diverticulitis. Right. Okay. So we get to the emergency room. I'm sitting, thankfully there was nobody in the waiting room. I'm sitting there, Kathy, and that's when I started puking. Oh, in the waiting room In of the, the waiting room, exactly. And oh. as oh, another boy. couple came in to get checked in, and I'm sitting there with a, with a, a trash can bucket, we had, to wait a little, we had to wait a little while because the oh. I guess they were busy, but everybody was already in oh. the ER, not in the waiting room. Okay, so uh, so I'm puking in this thing. A couple comes in, and I'm just oh. 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 Oh, wait, no, no. Let me. Okay, yeah. so it's reverberated when yeah. you have a trash can. So I've got the trash can. Here. Yeah. You know, I'm like Jeez. screaming in this trash can. Eventually, they come in to get me. They go wheel. They wheel me by this couple checking in, and I just go. I go. Sorry for the show. <laughs> I said that to them. 
They bring me back in. They get me set up. They, they're like, okay, they're checking me out. They're drawing the blood. They're doing all the things they need to do, asking me the questions and so on. And uh, they're going to need to take me for a CAT scan to take a look at my gut and see what, see what they can find out. And uh, So the pain is still constant all the oh time. Oh, my God. Yes, all the time. Yes, getting so worse. It had settled down for a little oh, while, yeah. uh, and, and it wasn't coming on as often. Uh, but eventually... Uh, they they wheel me down the hall and get me to the CAT scan, which was we were waiting for. I was in that bed for a good close to two hours, probably. Oh, seems like forever. I've been there. It, I've been there. It was that yeah. long. You know, they they were busy. They ended up having to stack people in the hallway because oh they ran goodness. out of rooms. It was it was a, a pretty steady day in the ER, and so uh, so they take me in and they, and they they give me the CAT scan. They they wheel me back and I'm in the room. We're waiting another like half hour, forty minutes or whatever, and they come back in. And I'm expecting to hear, you know, diverticulitis yeah. or something like that. And you guys are going to have a field day with this. Oh, no. But I was just, it was severe constipation. Oh. Wow. what it was. Really? Like it impacted it was colon? Just, I was just full of crap. Oh, I, I thought you were fully going for food poisoning. Of, no, I was just, it was. That's so, what I thought. I thought it was, was going to be kidney stone. That's no, what dude. I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it was just, I was so full of well, you were like you were like Elvis. That's a it relief. Was, but but let me no. Okay. Oh, and Elvis way, died that way. By the way, they gave me morphine. That's how <gasps> yes. pain I was in. Seriously, I forgot about that part. Yeah, they knocked no me one, up with morphine. Of course, oh you forgot God. about it. Oh man! <gasps> but I'm telling you, any time that I tried to sit down to go to the bathroom, any time I bared down to try and make something move, that cramp would happen. It would st- it would start to tighten up like a fist, like a knot, and then it would feel like a knife was being jabbed into my gut. And I mean, when I when I say it was unbearable, I could you know I was almost crying, I was sweating. No, I know, close to passing out. I, I I almost fainted several times from the pain alone. I, I hear you. I've had. I was trying to breathe through it. That so wasn't I, working. I assume it's similar because I, or at least what you're describing was very similar. To the first time I ever had food poisoning. Yeah, I agree with you, Steve. And, and, I mean, it was unrelenting. They they took, uh, they I, I guess they took a CAT scan or whatever they took of me. They they basically said my intestines had had sort of knotted. Mm-hmm. They gave That's me what it, mo- feel, it feels yeah, like. They gave me morphine for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I slept for two days. So you didn't, when, when you were telling the story, when you went to go upstairs to go to the bathroom, you didn't actually go to the bathroom because you got the pain? When I first, in the morning, yeah, I, I, just a tiny bit, just a little bit. So what did they? Your little poopies came. What did they? That was it. What, what did they do? What did they do to um to open up the flow of so fecalness? They, not much. I mean, really, they just gave me some uh, magnesium, magnesium citrate, yeah. and they said go home and take this. Uh-huh. So when it all dislodged, was it like a? Well, like hang a, on. It, so so on the ride home. On the ride home. When I tell you I was delirious from pain, <laughs> yeah. oh. I couldn't even, like, I'm sitting there, just, I'm, I'm going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, my head's rolling around, my eyes are rolling back in my head. Oh. I was in severe pain. I'm like, just get me home, get me home, get me home. And because I wanted to try to go to the bathroom when I got home, I tried, again, the pain. It was just excruciating. And by, this, by the way, this whole time I'm thinking about, you know, I do this stuff with, um, uh, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Yes, yes. These people. What they put up with. That deal with this chronic pain. I, my, I have even more tremendous respect for you. I don't know how you deal with it. So anyway, I go home and I take this magnesium citrate. And I read on it. It said it can take 30 minutes to six hours uh, to, to fully, you know, start to work on you. And the way that stuff works is it's not, it doesn't loosen things up. It essentially just engages your bowels. It makes them work. Yeah. Makes them push. Okay. So I take this stuff, and I'm laying there 
for hours oh in pain God. all day. And I'm like, it's not working. It's not working. Was there any was there, and, were and, there any brief moments where you got, caught a little bit of Really? I, I remember. Yeah. I remember during the food poisoning. I was, <laughs> and, and my wife was there with you know. She, <laughs> I had this whole story associated with that because I I'd left without her knowledge. We were just dating at the time. It's like a fourth date, and she comes to the hospital, and and uh, you know, and and uh, you just start. He <laughs> ended up like almost like you're you're talking in tongues. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. I was I was being incoherent. Right, sometimes. right. I did pass out a couple times sleeping wise, yeah. where I was at, like I would settle down for a little bit, and I was able to just go so exhausted yeah, and yeah. in pain all day. And uh, and so this is going on and on and on, and I'm looking at the time, and I'm like, this is not working. It's mm. not working. I've used this stuff before. It yeah. makes you pee out of your butt is yeah. what it does. All right, so nothing's happening, and I eventually, uh, we get Dr. Mike on the phone. He's on hold. We're going to go to him in just a second. And he said, well, you know what? Have you guys tried, uh, and I love talking about this on the radio, <laughs> have you have you oh, tried God. an enema? An enema. Yeah. yeah. And I was hesitant to do that because there was already so much pressure. I didn't want to put any more pressure right. in there. He recommends it. And I'm like, I'm in too much pain to do this, okay? Through your so mouth. I, so I wait and I wait. I try to go one more time. Kathy, this time I just puked my guts out. Oh. I was in so much pain. And right after I got I got done vomiting, I'm like, all right, the nausea wave has passed. I'm like, Rochelle, get in here. Yeah. I got on my knees, shoved that thing <laughs> that up my butt. That is love. That is total love. <laughs> shoved that thing up my butt. Squeeze that liquid in there, holding him for like five minutes. I go and explode it on the toilet. But it wasn't even relief. Like the pain kept going throughout the night. Well, you, really? you have oh, to yeah. realize how much in a normal, how much crap, like with Elvis, they basically pulled out the, the, the transcontinental cable out of yeah. his ass I, when, we had, after he died. We had to do the anima twice. Oh, and, my God. And it, and it kept going on. I, I don't know how much crap came out of me. It was unbelievable. And it Did you save it? Even throughout the night, like, I'm like, my stomach, my, my intestines were still bothering me. I thought as soon as it would pass, oh. I'd be like, oh. No. No, because your body is, like, going through something. And it's trying I, to survive. When I tell you it's the most pain I've experienced, the pain, most painful thing I ever had, I guess you told you about, is when I had a sister move. Right. And they lanced it. The but that was, that was instantaneous. That was, that was you know, a, yeah. a few minutes of pain. This was all day, severe pain, all day long. It was horrible. I am even today, yesterday, all day yesterday, I was afraid to eat well, because I didn't want anything going back through there again and and having to deal with that pain again. Okay, so that's my question. What is the root cause of this? Can you can you trace it to anything? Why were you so constipated? Are you getting enough fiber in your diet? I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You want to talk to Dr. Mike? Sure, yeah. gonna say? All right, Dr. Mike is on the line, line Mike Sirigliano. See, I can't even speak right. I'm still mm. out of whack. Yep. Well, yes, all your smarts were in your poop. Fox 29 and Penn Medicine. Dr. Mike, good morning, sir. You know, it's a good thing that you have a, a doctor for the entire show. Yes. Because <laughs> it's like you're, you're a trust fund, the gift that keeps giving. So, uh, so uh, Preston, when you have a change in bowels like this, and, and I don't know, can, can I say that you had a colonoscopy? Yes, feel free, Dr. Your... Mike, I give you complete yes. uh, and uh, freedom right, to speak okay, of my right. medical condition. All right. So about, about nine years ago, you had a completely normal colonoscopy. 
And that was the first thing I looked at to make sure that there was nothing weird going on. But when you have a change in bowels like this, even if it was as simple as a fecal impaction, that's where the, the stool gets so hard it's like cement and and makes it hard for you to evacuate. So that's why uh, I sent you to the ER because it could be a number of things. I mean, mm -hmm. I was hoping it wasn't anything uh, uh, horrendous, but when it comes down to it, uh, you, you, we work from below. That's why we did the enemas. And I was a little nervous about uh, continuing to give you stuff from above because then it can make you feel distended. And if you're not going, then you can get into worse trouble and you would have ended up back in the ER again. Man. So uh, given all of that, I think, one, you need to increase the fiber in your diet. But, but secondly, when you're done with the uh, Hall of Fame and the camp out for hunger, your ass is mine. <laughs> All right? You always you, will be, Mike. You're going to get a colonoscopy, I know. Big Daddy, okay? Because yeah. the bottom line is... I just had two! <laughs> well, I know. Well, Steve, yeah. you know, you're another one. I give you a special dispensation. Yes, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is being looked at, everybody, um, and, and rightfully so. I mean, uh, when you have a change in your bowels, and this is so, so important for everybody listening. If you have a change in your bowels or you have unintentional weight loss or you have blood in your stool, you can't just assume it's a hemorrhoid. You've got to take it seriously because the incidence of colon cancer is going up, mm. it's even in young people. But uh, this could have been uh, simply that you had a fecal impaction and it caused problems. But I was worried about uh, all kinds of things. Right. Well, yeah, don't, don't make his mind race now. But, but I mean, I think ultimately, uh, so, so a lot of this can be avoided. If you see this crop up from uh, time to time, Dr. Mike, um, it, does it usually, at least in a more innocuous level, pertain to the amount of fiber in someone's diet? is an important part of this and I think that the American diet for the most part uh, many times lacks fiber you know we're all processed we're eating processed foods and and that's why we have diverticulosis uh -huh. uh, which are these outpouchings of the colon uh, and they can sometimes get inflamed and infected leading to a condition known as diverticulitis and that's what i was worried about right uh, but uh, you know food poisoning I've, I've never seen it present with uh, uh significant constipation i i suppose it could but usually with food poisoning you are just vomiting and <clears throat> puking and have diarrhea and a lot of other uh, symptoms it didn't really strike me as food poisoning it struck me more uh as an abdominal process well and and uh so you have to take abdominal pain is like chest pain. You can't fool with it. Uh, you can't just like try an enema. You have to go and get checked out and get the CAT scan and make sure that uh, everything's uh, okay and not a serious condition. Could this be pertained to Preston's diet, which is he eats adventure and danger for breakfast? <laughs> All right. All right. Well, look, I'll wait until three hours and another one of you will call me. <laughs> uh, I called right. him but, last yeah. night. Love you, Dr. Okay. Mike. <laughs> Love, Love you. you.
I will see you. Well, that's why, he, that's why he's a good doctor. So he'll, he's going to check you, obviously, yeah. for all the medical things mm-hmm. to make sure that you're okay. But the, the diet is really important, and you should call to talk to the nutritionist because as much as he's going to do and do testing, you've got to take care of yourself. And Absolutely. that's obviously fiber is an issue. You typically eat pretty healthy, but maybe, you know, you, you do need to add more fiber in. But you listen, maybe I, you need I, to up your ice cream quotient. No. I've used those substitutes. I've used those those fiber substitutes yeah. when I've had issues, and they don't seem to do change much in the way that and this sounds like this I mean, sounds like, like you're watching Matlock. I and know. These are the, commer- I'm sorry. These are the commercials that would air during Matlock. I'll tell you this though, Metamucil. Jesus Christ! I know, dude. Metamucil works. Right. I, I use it. Let's... A- and then when I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching Andy, uh, you know, solve <laughs> the crime as Matlock. Jesus I, I prefer murder show. Yeah, murder show. But I wasn't talking yeah. about supplements. I'm talking about actual food. And if you change okay. that over time, if that is only the only issue you're dealing with, it will help you. Let's go to the hero, uh, the one who oh, administered said enemas. <laughs> we have my lovely wife, Rochelle, the birthday girl, who's on the line. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. What do you want to share, so, hon? I, I wanted to say it was like watching you go through labor and give birth multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like wow. it was... <laughs> he was like passing out or like leaning up against a, a stool in the bathroom. I mean, it was intense. Oh. I, had, I, I really felt bad for you. We had this in one of our powder rooms. We yeah. have this little kind of like uh, it's a small like desk thing that we can set uh, 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 magazines and stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. I scooted that over in front of me. I'm like, honey, bring me a pillow. And I just had it in front of me and I stayed on the toilet. Wow. With wow. my head on it. I'm by there. the way, I didn't say anything, but I'm doubled over in pain. And Rochelle's yeah. going, wow, it's like you're going through birth. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like. <laughs> Don't throw the I went through childbirth thing at me right now, honey. Don't do that. Yeah. I didn't say that, but yeah, I, I know. was thinking that. But, but, it, it, but it was true. I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, my God, women, God bless you. I have no, no concept, yeah. How can you do it? But, yeah, and, but the worst thing also from your point of view, Rochelle, is that you, you're the person you love, you know, you hate to see them go through that and you can't do anything, you know, other than just provide, you know, basic comfort. It's it's ultimately frustrating for you, too. Well, and what we were missing was Kathy watching the birth. <laughs> <laughs> She's there for Caroline. Thank you for not inviting you me to that one. one. You want to go? Want to see a poop baby get born, dude? As okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna share something. How can I do this delicately? As I am fully naked, yeah. on my hands and knees in the bathroom. With my head down, by yeah. the way, and my butt up in the air. Right. And my view, I'm looking back underneath. Right. And I see everything swinging back yeah. there. I'm thinking to myself, I wonder what this looks like from the other side, the view that my wife has of this right now. <laughs> oh, my God, this is so hot. <laughs> I'm into this. <laughs> I am, it was, uh, I, you, there's no more vulnerable position than that. Well, you, well, you, you got to jump in, especially, you, you, I think it's actually in the marriage agreement. And she stayed with me the entire time, all day long, did not leave my side once uh. the entire time. She is the best person in the world, the best person I know. Hey. I love you, honey, and happy birthday. I that was you. for you, yes. <laughs> and for that, I got you an impacted colon. <laughs> uh, guess what I got you? An impacted colon. Oh, my God. All right, I'll, I'll talk to you later. I love you, bye. Right, love you, bye, bye. Oh, my God. It was it was so messed up. I was in so much excruciating pain all day long. So when it finally, oh. when it finally, as you said, kicked in, I mean, or you finally were able to evacuate, 
a bit. Yeah. Uh, and when, when did you first breathe your sigh of, okay, I'm on the other side of this? Well, before I, I answer that, before b- when I was evacuating, it was like machine gun fire. Oh, really? <laughs> hitting the water. It was, oh, my God. Uh, you know what? I thought it was... Uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be immediate relief. It wasn't. And I went through like three sessions on the toilet that were big like that. Yeah. And I was still, as I was getting ready to go to bed, I'm like, man, it still doesn't feel right. But there was less pressure, at least. Were you able to set up a sleeping situation on the toilet? Uh, no, I was You know, not. with the reverse, where you put the pillow on top of the tank? I should have done that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, until, and yesterday, even all day, as I was just eating like a couple of crackers here and there, and even today. You're, you're I'm, afraid. I'm still feeling some rumbling down there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, don't do this again. Please don't do this again. And I haven't, I haven't gone again since right. then. And I'm like, is this going? Is it already building up? Is this going to happen well, again? Your apple a day is good. That has a decent. It's amount got of fiber. Fi- in it has it. a yep. decent amount of fiber in it. Yeah, I eat that every day. I eat get? a fair amount of fiber. I think whatever you eat, you should make sort like you should get avocado. You should get you know buy gold beans. coins, as William Devane tells us. <laughs> Father Downing mysteries. Father Downing mysteries. Yeah, and then uh, you then find out that uh, that, that somebody. A friend of yours passed away but didn't have life insurance. And then you'll complete the commercial arc <laughs> on Matlock. I'm going to go to Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good, man. What's up, buddy? So years ago, good. So years ago, I used to uh, I used to compete, like, uh, bodybuilding and stuff. And right. let me tell you, like, I started. It's all about, first of all, you got to switch up the burden for water. You can't drink bourbon all the time. <laughs> all right. I'm not and... drinking it all the time, man. I do. <laughs> what a big surprise. I don't drink it all the time. Just days that end in one. So when I changed up my diet, I wasn't eating, eating fiber. So I was told to go on fiber and water. Also, um, I had that pain. It was like somebody just like stabbed me like like right above, you know, my junk, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I read online. I went and got magnesium citrate. Yeah. It was like Niagara Falls. They just, like, came out like. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what he was know. saying. He said, so Preston was saying earlier that he had, he, he, he had tried it, but he did not get that reaction. It was, it was you know, inadequate. Oh, oh. You know when it kicked in? After, thanks for your call. After the, the bourbon. At, no, not after the bourbon. So after after the animas and all yeah. that stuff, and that cleared through the rest of the night. Right. It was like a waterfall. So, and that was the magnesium citrate. So it was kind of blocking it. Like it couldn't even get in. Would something like, oh, well, not the Dr. Oh. Maxwell, but would like Miralax or Ducalax or any of the laxes. Well, I used that yesterday. Okay. And I'm supposed to use that again today. All right. But, uh, yeah, so I've got to continue doing that. All right. Let me go uh, to, let me go to Jim. Hey, Jim, good morning. Hey, how you doing this morning? Good. What's up, buddy? Hey, look, uh, about uh, a few years back, I had uh, hernia, hernia surgery. I had an umbilical hernia repaired. Yeah. So, so I come home. They give me the pain meds. I guess the opioids, they make you tight. So I yeah. come home and I go to the bathroom and I sit down and it, it felt, if I was going to compare it to something, it felt like that uh, that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark with the big ball rolling down through the cave. Okay. I could feel it coming out and all of a sudden it stopped right at the door. <laughs> Now, let me ask you, when you took a dump, did you have to place a bag on a scale? <laughs> yeah, so, so I call him. I call, I'm sitting on the toilet calling him, and I can't crap. And I call the nurse, and she says, put your finger up there. And- oh, okay. All right. Okay, yeah. that's, that's, I swear to God, that's what she said. He, he inadvertently called the dry cleaners. <laughs> Jim, did you eventually evacuate? Did, 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 the, did the animal work? Oh, my God, like a school bus driving out of my token. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. And okay. did it ever happen again? No, 
Not, it was the surgery. It was the uh, the opioid. The uh, I guess yeah. Pulse. So that's so. When, so you bring up a good point. When I had my my prostate surgery, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this I sounds know. so hard. I know. When dude. I had that surgery, uh, you you could any of those things, any painkillers will cause constipation. You think Jim tells that story at Thanksgiving? Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. Well, listen, I he's, got around, kids. <laughs> he's been using the Indiana Jones reference for a while. I mean, he's definitely got that sound, big boulder rolling out my ass. That sounded well. <laughs> And well. then the worst part was there's one part where I take a crap and arrow started started fighting over from each side of the wall. No, but I mean, it, it, I was, it does feel like that. But he was right, Jim. It, it's like, oh my god! I was hesitant to even bring this up on a number of, of uh, for a number of reasons that that it sounds like old man radio yeah, yeah. and and it's very graphic in nature. But I'm telling you, just because of the pain I experienced, I wanted to commiserate with those who have been through it because I've never I've never experienced anything like it. Actually, no, I have, but in smaller doses. Right? I've never experienced it to that extreme before for that or, many hours for that length of time man it was from 8 a.m until i fell asleep at like 1 30 in the morning I'm telling you man when i when it when those cramps were hitting i it was like clockwork you know my body heat goes yeah. up i start sweating uh my mouth i started drooling yeah. like a, like sweat you know and then i started feeling nauseous and lightheaded leaned over i'm talking to myself i'm yeah. saying not again not again please come on man yeah like i'm talking to my own body going don't do this to me you know and it was just, it was a cycle all day long. Uh, let me go to Claire. Hey, Claire, good morning. I'm going to try to make it quick. I had a similar incident. I ate some very bad food, rushed to the hospital. They told me I had a blocked bowel. Mm. And that they were going to give me a couple of hours to uh, get a surgeon together, blah, blah, blah. Thankfully, it just cleared itself. No kidding. And home, and it was fine. But anyway, I ate tempura and an entire sleeve of Oreos. <laughs> was that under doctor's recommendations? <laughs> I'm going to write your prescription for Oreos. I am completely cured of any issue. It is at all by adding one thing to my diet. Mm-hmm. Someone suggested right in the supermarket you can get a little bag of flax seeds. Flax seeds. I've heard flax seeds. Yes. Chia seeds are good too. Try it. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank blow you. That, blow that O ring right out, Preston. Appreciate it. But listen, she was, and, and when when the when the doctor came in and told me the problem, yeah. I'm like, okay, so all right, we got blood work back, everything's completely clean. I mean, you're, you're fantastic in yeah. the department. The CAT scan, no diverticulitis on that. But she goes, you're just constipated. And it, in my my yeah. response was. Really? That's what I said. I'm like, yeah. that's it? So Are that's- you serious? I'm in this extreme pain because of that? Uh, yeah. And I came in here and I took up a bed in your emergency room because of that? This is what I'm thinking. I right. didn't say Not all knowing, that. Right, not knowing, yeah. And and I'm like, I felt like such a a, a tool yeah. uh, for being there in the first place because of that. What are you going to do? You I didn't know. know. I was in extreme pain. That was horrible. So anyhow, there you go. Thought I'd share my wonderful weekend we, with you here. Judging by the calls, there many have been in your shoes, Preston, or in your pants. Right? Yeah, I could go to them, but I yeah. think we've had enough of poop talk, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so, But thank you guys. I appreciate you uh, chiming in <sighs> and being on hold and being ready to go. But I'm, I'm telling you. When I do this stuff with the, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, what what people go through with those internal problems that they have, it's just, I, I, I don't know how you can cope, and, and hopefully they can find a cure for a lot of these IBD uh, issues that, uh, that people are dealing with. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. It's kind of self-explanatory after that. 
Well, it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you'll need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Casey was the one who alerted us uh, to this yesterday. It was making the rounds, and now it's blown up virally, which uh, many things do these days. But uh, And Kathy reported on this in the news. There's a woman in uh, New York City. Her name is Samantha Hartso, and she had realized that there was a draft coming through her bathroom, uh, it was weird. She checked all these different areas. She, she didn't have a vent or anything like that in the area. She and eventually she realized that it was coming from the mirror. There was a draft coming through her mirror in her bathroom. I had a, the same sort of progression, though, Preston. She looked She looked initially at where the, the door knob closed on her bathroom door and felt, so, felt what she thought was coming out of there. And I, there was an apartment I had where there was a, a breeze coming through that. And I think it was just because there was space between the, the drywall and the apartment. Then she moves on to, look, my hair's still blowing. Right. And you're right. It ends up at the mirror. Yeah, she covered up the thing on the door and realized there was still a breeze coming through. And, and then she tracked it down to the, the, the large mirror hanging in the bathroom. So she started documenting this. She right. was telling the story of this, and she started documenting this. And she released four TikTok videos uh, for her little adventure. And so she takes the mirror off of the wall, and there's a hole behind the mirror and she looks through the hole, and she realizes there's a whole other room uh, that is on the other side of that hole. And, of course, that, you know, piques her interest, and she's like, well, we need to look further into this. And eventually realizes she can squeeze through there, barely, if you watch the video. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that. I mean, I, I would have gone just head first and tried to crawl through, but <laughs> yeah. nonetheless, she does this funky little contortionist way to get into the other side. And once she gets over there... She realizes it's an entire apartment. It's yeah. not just a room. It's an entire, entire apartment. apartment that for some reason or another, they had cut a hole and left it open into the other apartment. And yeah. so she goes through and it looks like it's being redone or has just been left abandoned for whatever reason. Yeah. The thing that, that was going on in my mind is how is this landlord letting this New York City space go yes, unused like that yeah. when it's an absolute premium and you pay ridiculous right? rates for even, you know, an efficiency apartment? But not right now. You know, as as people are moving out. Like, yeah, like, that's uh, true. People so, are so, leaving. Yeah, as people are leaving by, by okay. the time. But I understand exactly what you're saying, Preston, how expensive is New York real estate. But, but I mean, the thing also is this. You're leaving. That's causing cold air to go into the other apartment, which is causing her... You know, yeah, her, her bills. I, I don't know what her deal is as far as paying for heaters on and so forth, right. but I assume she's paying her electric. Right. So I don't right. know if you guys could tell, but when she goes through the mirror to get to the other side, on where her mirror was on the other side of that wall, there was a vanity looking back. There were some lights above oh. the mirror on the other side. So it was this full apartment. And on the other side, the other, the, the hidden apartment, the ghost apartment, there were, there's a staircase. Like it's a, it's a bi-level yeah. place, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and so, like... It, Despite the fact that people may be leaving New York City, that's premium space that's completely abandoned. And I, I kept waiting for, like, a homeless person to be on the other side of it somewhere. I was I was hoping, because she eventually finds her way to a door, yes. and it leads out into a hallway. I was hoping that it would have been, like, a sealed-up door like and, like, nothing in there. And if that would have been the case, I would have started to 
like fix the place up a little yeah. bit and maybe make it part of my own apartment. <laughs> and, well, yeah, right. years ago I tweeted uh, it was a thing that, that got viral, uh, and then people were sending it around where I said, "Oh, I was, you know, I was re- uh, repairing something on my wall in my ha- house, and I and I knocked through the, the the hole, and I realized, oh, there's a magical special." Whole other, you know, place on the other side, and then I remembered I lived in a duplex. Wow. So, but, but, but the the um, this uh, has been um, in my mind, Preston, and apparently a number of others. As I read an article, it's in the uh, the Daily Mail about this story. Everyone's thinking about the Candyman. Have you ever right. in, in the Candyman? It's it's through a mirror that the the listen. It's freaky to think that someone had access yeah. to your house through the bathroom mirror. Well, her friend mentions, and don't tell me about the movie because I haven't seen it, mentions Parasite to her. He goes, oh, Have you ever yes. seen Parasite? Yes, yes. So, Absolutely. So I haven't seen it, but I would like to. But So I guess there's a component to that as wow. well. But um, we've had a couple of stories recently of people who've had a similar type of thing happen. You remember there was um, these guys in England that didn't even know there was this attic in this place that they were renting, and they had been there for a long time. They go up there, and there's this treasure trove of porn magazines from, like, the 1970s that were up there. Yeah. We we had a, an apartment in Massapequa, Long, Long Island. It was above old stores. We loved this place. It was the first place that my wife and I, as a married couple, lived in. And there was one door that we thought was just a door leaning against a wall in the back room because it just seemed weird. It was a door to another mini hallway. What? Okay. I'm like, what? So that's something I'm curious about. If anybody's have any stories of finding a mystery location, room, whatever it is, in, in a place you lived in, because Chuck has had that happen, mm-hmm. uh, 215-263-WMMR. Go ahead. That's and, what I was going to say. Call. Doesn't Chuck yeah. have one in his shore house? Chuck had the mystery uh, place. And, and they've where the made trolls it, live. They, yeah, they've made up all these stories about, you know, yeah. that's where they put the bad kids and yeah. stuff like that. We're coming and, for and, you, Chuck. We're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird, though. Like, yeah. same thing. At the shore, there's wasted space in, in a home. Like, yeah. everything's built on top of each other there. Well, we bought a shore house and we have there's an area that we that we call Narnia. Uh, it's a tiny little half door, really? and, it, and it goes into a storage space. Yeah, okay. but it's it's weird because it's this little thing, yeah. you know. So that's our little mystery location. <sighs> what was the name of the movie? There was a TV movie, and then they remade it again, uh, where these little um, uh, we know you're alone or something like that. No, not, that's not it. But but anyway, these like little troll creatures that live behind a door in the basement. Oh, yeah. That, that come, yeah. I, I anytime I see a small door like that, I think, what's yeah. in it? Wah! What By the it? way, that door in Shucks, uh, it leaves this uh, little hallway and then another door that opens up to a, a window. So it's, and yeah. did, it, did it Marissa crawl in there? Yeah, she well, was she the can, one that explored it to see what it was. She can walk upright. Like, she's, yeah. uh, she actually, you know, it's, was... That thing at Chuck's is like the Winchester house, Steve. It's uh, like, you know, st- uh, stairs that go nowhere, yeah. doors that open to a brick wall. I it love it. It doesn't make any sense. I love stuff like that. I do, too. You know, I, but Nick and I have similar recurring dreams where there are entire, like, wings of our house that we've never... Yeah. I, I have that as well. Not even in the house that I live in right now. No. My old house. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's bizarre, but there's wings that I've never explored. And I'm like, wow, that's, uh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know I had that room. Uh, here's a text that says... I used to live in a house with a treasure trove of porn. I asked my dad about it. He swore it wasn't his. <laughs> so I guess it was a ghost that lived there. There was a ghost that kept porn under my dad's mattress <laughs> when I was growing up. Uh, this one says, house we bought had a uh, basement staircase to nowhere. It creeps everyone out. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's go to the phones. We've got some calls coming in. I'm going to go to Cat. Hey, Cat. good morning. Hi, I'm really Pat, but sure. All right, Pat. All right, Pat, what's up? So when I was in college, we rented this house. 
um, that we, after we'd lived there for a while, we saw that the mirrors, like, didn't come off the wall. They were, like, stuck to the wall, so we figured we would try to explore that. We found, like, this entryway from the porch up into the middle of the house. And then when we got in there, we could see that the landlord could crawl into our house and look into, like, the bathroom, the oh. bedroom. The living room. So, Pat, it was. Are you saying that these were two-way mirrors? Um, some were. Yeah, they were all two-way or whatever those mirrors are. That yeah. Yeah, you can look through the other side. It's called a two-way mirror. Yeah. Right. That's effed up. Uh, did you call the police? Well, we actually did, and they said we couldn't do anything about it because um, we couldn't prove that it was him. Like, it could have been a former owner. But I think they were just blowing us off because we were college girls and, you know. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's I would have started to follow up with some yeah. other organizations on that because that's... Yeah, that's you. That's creepy. I would have reversed... Illegal. The, I would have reversed the mirror for oh the next God. time the perv was in there. That would have been great. Well, yeah. actually, what we did was we started playing tricks on people who came over. So we'd, like... You know, one of the girls would hang herself in the mirror, and we'd wait to see if people would kind of notice it. Because, yeah. So you were having fun with the Purr's mirrors. Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. Uh, you, you could have like written backwards on it, yeah. in, in lipstick or oh, something. Yeah. We know, or your <laughs> yeah, 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 or something like that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Pat. That's just flat out wow. Yeah. Uh, if it was done scary. with intent, and he had done that, that's criminal. Uh, I will go to Julie. Good morning, Julie. Hi, good morning. Hey, what's up, Julie? Um, so I lived for a short time in my childhood in an old 1700s farmhouse in Collegeville. And if you opened up a piece of wood paneling that was in the creepy old basement, there was tunnels that went underneath the house Whoa. that they used to hide slaves in, wow. as we were told. Part of the Underground Under- Railroad, maybe. Yeah, it was part of the underground. That's railroad. amazing. That, so that's historical. That's that's an amazing house to to. Yeah. How far back do those tunnels go? Um, I mean, I was a pretty small child, so it seemed like they went really far, and they were really creepy, and there was like old chairs and bottles in there. Wow, wow, that's a piece of of history. Yeah. Did anybody ever have that looked into officially? No, they tore it down and built a development on. What? Of course, there was money to be made. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. Thank oh, you, Applebee's, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's where Harry and Tubman live. They tore it down and put up an Applebee's. I have Graham on the line. Hey, Graham, good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Thank you, Graham. What's up? Um, it's funny. The last lady that called Julie, she was in Collegeville. That's, yeah. that's where I live. My wife and I lived in our house for four years before we realized there was an entire room under the basement stairs <laughs> of storage. Oh, an entire room that you first off were not using yeah, for mean, storage. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it's a good twenty five to fifty square feet. Wow. It, the, the problem is it was really well hidden. There was a hole cut in the drywall that was about half the size of a door. So how was I supposed to know? Right. Uh, that's pretty wild. And when you're a homeowner, storage space is something you want big time. Oh so God, yeah. do you? You guys must have been ecstatic when you found that. Uh, yeah, especially since my wife's a Harry Potter fan. It, it was just, it was like the yes. thing on the cake for her. Yeah, oh. the, the room under the stairs. Our, our closet on our main floor, our main coat closet, you could actually, because of the way the house was designed, it's an 1880, 
uh, Victorian, uh, it, it's big enough where you could put a bed in there. It's just the way that it's designed, and everyone always says Harry Potter. Right. Uh, when I think of, of um, uh, hidden rooms under stairs, I think of the Amityville Horror House. Do you remember yes, that? Absolutely. That's where supposedly the demons were residing. And speaking of that, let me go to John. Hey, John, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, dude, what's up? Uh, not much. I was just calling in. I heard this, guy, this topic. Uh, we're working on a house down on Spruce Street, yep. renovating this house. It was built in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, we were working in the basement, and we discovered a thing called a privy well. Because ah. the house was owned by, like, the Knights Templar. Okay, so a privy well, that's that's where you take a dump, right? Yeah. Or there you, yeah. you you put all your, 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 your leftovers there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your yeah. ass scrapings. Down there, I guess. And, uh, so... We discovered it in our boss, Mark, as uh, digging, look for stuff because people would look in these things for like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, they're they're a historical treasure trove, uh, uh, treasure trove. The 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 privy wells. They they look for those to go down, and because people would throw trash in there too, and so there's there's a historical. Uh, timeline of things that you can find. Not only things, uh, he, honestly, their own fecal matter, you know, would have mm-hmm. would have remnants of things that could be indicators of the time yeah. and all that stuff. So that's wild. Yeah, they had, they had to dig it out. I mean, when we got down, it must have been down 30 feet. We're like fucking 30. out the, uh, br- a lot of bricks. You found bricks and other stuff. Nothing of any uh, value, but yeah. he, didn't, he made us look regardless because... He didn't want to just leave it filled in because in case there was something valuable down there. There, you know? there are a lot of cases where there are wow. wells or things of that nature under a house. And, and again, of course, my mind always has some sort of cinematic, you know, uh, cor- correlation to it. But in the ring, when they discovered the well yeah. under that, that one uh, hotel room's floor, yeah. Yeah, all those things. But you're right. That used to be a common thing to have at home. But, uh, yeah, to wells, that, that used to be common for them to be in the home. Yeah, I guess that's, that's what I'm getting. Because I mean, like you know, the Buffalo Bill had a yeah. well in his <laughs> yeah. his place. Is that what you yeah. thought of, John? Silence well, of the Lambs. I don't, I don't know, but I know it was deep down in there, and we had to get a, like a thirty foot ladder to get out of it. Thirty, wow, thirty dude. feet. <laughs> yeah, we <went> really far. <laughs> <laughs> I love your laugh, by the way, John. You would be great. <laughs> <laughs> it puts yeah. lotion in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, John. We appreciate it, man. Good morning. Take care. All right, have see a good you, one. bud. All right. Wow. Uh, let's go next to Matt. Good morning to you, Matt. Hey, Preston and Steve. Good morning. Good morning, up, bud. Hey, I bought a house about 15 years ago, and um, it was partial basement, partial crawl space, and I realized that below my living room I had no access, and uh, I was afraid there could be termites in there or, you know, to get the plumbing and electrical, so... I decided I needed to see, you know, what was underneath there. I thought it was crawl space, so I went in the basement, busted a hole through, stuck my uh, stuck my head through, and realized that it was full size basement in there. (laughs) You had a full size basement you were unaware of. Well, I mean, I had basement, but it was a whole room. It was like a say ten by twenty room below my living room. Wow! But it was a whole entire room that I didn't know, you know, existed. So. I busted the whole wall through, went in there, and uh, unfortunately didn't find anything valuable. It was just a bunch of old paneling. All right, and so question, did did you finish it? Did you did you turn it into something? Well, I, I'm actually doing that now. That was like one of my to-do list projects. First, I had to clear all the crap out of it, and I realized that why they did that, there was a foundation crack that somebody thought, I guess, was dangerous. Okay. So they, enclo- they, they blocked up the uh, existing entrance, painted it, 
sold us the house, and you know they thought that there was like some kind of problem. So, so they were pulling a sc- they they oh, totally. were pulling a scam on you. Exactly, exactly. But, I don't know uh, how also, I don't know how inspection wouldn't turn that up, but I guess they they didn't do. Uh, you know. I guess they painted it good enough and figured. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It never came. Right. Nothing came up. So is your foundation okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I'm, I'm a bricklayer by trade, so I okay. Just put it on your to do list. It's it's no big deal, but unfortunately, too, it was a dirt floor in that section of the basement. So I've been digging dirt out to try to pour some concrete. Uh, uh. So, but this is gonna this is gonna increase the square footage of your home, right? Yeah, yeah, that's extra, huge. Extra basement space. Yeah. Exactly. More taxes. Was, All right. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. You're, of course, you have to deal with that unless you don't tell anyone. Right. No, that's cool though. Yeah. Good for you, Matt. How Thanks, does buddy. that that work? Square footage in your house? Because I always thought that basement uh, square footage does not count. Down to I the uh, think tax? I, no, I may be finished? off on this. I think if it's finished, okay. it may count as livable space. Okay, um, but I could be wrong on that. Mubbable, <laughs> uh, mubbable scabosis. <laughs> uh, I will go next to John. Hey, John. Good morning. Good morning, guys. What's up, buddy? You're good, man. So, Keep uh, going. So when I was about uh, eight or nine years old, my mother comes in from the backyard, says to my dad, how come our kitchen only goes up one story, but the back of the house goes up two? <laughs> so he goes to the top of the steps in the second floor, breaks through the wall, finds this old-ass room. The only thing in the room is a wooden chair and an old newspaper. Oh, scary. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> right? Like, was it an obituary? You discovered my home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. This is from the day I died. So it's weird that you, so you live there, John, and I've I've actually noticed this, and some people have similar uh, deals, and, uh, you know, throughout, you know, when you're doing house hunting and so on and so forth, you will take a look at a house, and you'll say, how come that goes there? Yeah. What's behind that wall? And so you had that exact situation. Yes. Well, there was also a stairwell that went down through a blocked wall in the kitchen all the way to the basement. So now, I just watched Amityville Horror with my dad. He looks, he looks just like the guy from the fucking movie. Oh, wait, dude. I <laughs> bomb like that while it you're hurt. in here, John. It did, it did. I got the point he was trying to make. His dad looked like... Uh, was it who's James Brolin? James Brolin, yeah. yeah and, from the uh, effing movie. And from the effing movie. Anyway, go ahead, John. <laughs> he goes, I'm sorry, guys. It's, it's okay. okay. <laughs> it's all right. It was hilarious. <laughs> we enjoyed it. <laughs> go ahead. So he goes He goes down there. And then he starts busting to a brick wall. Yeah. Now, I'm freaking out. I don't think I slept for two weeks after that. <laughs> Now I'm, all I can imagine is the Amityville Horror Room in the yeah. back of his basement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, though, John... With the effing monsters. The effing monsters over there. Uh, Thanks, John. There are countless houses that have undergone multiple... <sighs> let's, look at how old the houses are in this area, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God, And yes. look at houses with additions and things on top of additions. Yep. And, uh, you know, like our house, we have an addition at the far back, the, the mud room. You know, but but the the basement and everything lines up with with the floors above it. Mm-hmm. The only thing that doesn't have a basement under it is that mudroom. Dude, I grew up in a house that was built in the 1880s. Yeah, this thing, the basement, was terrifying. I mean, even as a a grown adult. Yeah, there were because there was a, there was like a separate room. There was this weird little corridor that went to nowhere. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and that didn't have a light in it, right? So if, like, God, if, if you ever had to go... <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, my grandparents had a uh, had a scary basement, and I tell you what, if and you know how uh, how sense your olfactory yeah. nerves are that when you smell something, it could take you back there immediately. If I smelled that musty scent that hit that identity, it would take me back, and I would be scared as a kid. The sump pump terrified me in that freaking basement. So man. my basement has again built in that time. There is we have um, a door that opens up. To the side that goes up to the tor- the tornado doors, the what do they call the the um, yeah, Bilko the doors. Bilko doors yeah. okay. So there's that, and and so off to the side of that is halfway up the wall is an opening that goes back into the dark. You know, all, and the cats, of course, love it. It's like, yeah, Woo! yeah. Uh, but uh, it, they, the designs were weird, and it is it. But again, think of how many times. People in this area have those sort of situations. I guarantee you there's tons of stuff yet to be discovered. There was only one light switch for the basement, and that was at the top of the stairs. So if you had to go down there, you uh, had to, it's you like the country. You, well, you it's had like to make the sure that your brothers your brother. weren't anywhere. They didn't know you were going down there. Uh, right? Casey. Because, and also, Did we had... The, uh, Oh, no, but there was a fridge down there, so sometimes we would, you know, put extra sodas or whatever yeah. in that fridge. That fridge was so old it didn't even have a light, so you didn't even have that. So if somebody turned those lights out on you, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go next to Lauren. Hey, Lauren, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, you? Lauren? I'm good. Good. When I was growing up, we uh, were getting a new back deck built onto our house. So when they ripped down the old one, we saw this door in the ground. So we mm. opened it up. We realized that we had a four-room bomb shelter. Ooh. Like I always wanted a bomb it. shelter. <laughs> That's cool, Lauren. And it was completely detached from the home? Yeah. It was, well, it was underneath the house, but you couldn't get to it from in the house. How, how many? Was it one room? Was it a couple of rooms? Was it four? Four rooms. And did it have, like, its own ventilation system and everything? I assume it would, right? I don't really remember. I just remember I was, like, nine or ten years old. Me and my brother had to cut a ladder to get down, and we were exploring with flashlights. Wow. So, Lauren, the the um the, there was that movie that we had Judd Nelson on last week talking about the girl in the basement. Mm-hmm. He has a bomb shelter under the house when they purchased the house, yeah. and and it, it is based on a on a true story, uh, similar to the real story. And so, no one knew about it, and that's where he kept his captive women. And you remember uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane? Ten Cloverfield uh-huh. kind of similar to that. Hey, Lauren, what did you guys end up doing with it? Well, they ended up building the deck over it again. So really? We about three weeks to play in it. You didn't I use it? Oh, oh my I God. To, like, redo it, make it uh, something. Like a, a, a clubhouse. Yeah. There's a man cave or a, a she shed or whatever. It's well, like a special don't they, spot. Don't they do that in uh, in Stranger Things? Don't they, uh, isn't there a bomb shelter that they're using for parties? Mm, no. Lauren, did it have electricity? Different, different show, but I'm not sure. Okay. Did it have electricity down there? Yeah. Well, it had, a, like, a, a pull string for light, but it didn't work. Okay. Because press but, as a teenager, thanks, Lauren. That would have been like a cool. I, I wouldn't a have bong den. <laughs> totally, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. As long as been it the had party spot for sure, yeah. and all the uh, prepper food you can eat. Wow. Right. Uh, let me see here. Um, we only have time for a couple more. Uh, let me go to. Uh, let's go to Amy. Hi, Amy. Good morning, it. Good morning, you guys. Rock. <laughs> Thank Yay. you. What's up, Amy? So we, my husband and I just bought a home uh, that's 300 years old. Dear and Lord. And we discovered the root cellar under the one addition of our home. And it has all the original, like, stone shelves where they used to 
keep all the meats and stuff because they didn't have electricity back then. And right. the original steps that go that used to go outside that now go up into like the addition over our um, kind of like mudroom area. Wow. And was it completely sealed off? No, it wasn't actually. There's a little door. It's about five feet tall. We discovered it in like the back portion of our basement, which wow. is quite terrifying in itself. But yeah, yeah no, we just discovered this little door and opened it. And I mean, the ceiling's maybe like five and a half feet tall, and it's just this cold, dark room, no lights, no windows. Would I mean, uh, like a uh, um, dirt floor? Dirt floor, yeah. yep, and just solid stone walls with like you know just handmade stones put in for shelving and yeah. In the beam. Wow. Wow. Handmade plasma TVs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, no, that, I love that. Like the, uh, you know, the, the, the houses that you'll find, the super old houses like in Bucks County. And so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's astonishing. Amy, will you guys do anything with it or are you just going to just leave it as is? We um, we haven't really thought about it, so we're definitely open to ideas. I'd love to use it for something, maybe hide some dead bodies. But yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Why sure. not? Yeah. I mean, that's probably what they used to do anyway, so yeah. All right, thanks, yeah. Amy. Appreciate You're it. Awesome. Yeah, when I was growing up, we would play in our neighbor's yards, and your yard was my yard, yeah. but the one neighbor across the street, uh, the Wagners, they had a really great front porch that we would uh, go and hide under. And then, but their back porch, I'm, and I'm just remembering this, their back porch, we would go under there. We had like a little clubhouse there. But then we discovered a hole in the wall. I guess it maybe was an addition. Yeah. And that was like another secret. And so we would go into. That's awesome. It was, it was, yeah. but like thinking back on it, like what? Dude, there could be like raccoons or possums living of course. in there. But... My buddy Steve had a, uh, had a had a room off of his room that you had to crawl through to get. It was a, you had, they had cut a hole in the wall and you had to remove a piece of paneling and, and you could go back in there and we we would party. Yeah. I told I told you <laughs> the, the uh, my neighbor's um, garage had a was for some reason there was like an extra level built up up on the ceiling on some support. I called it we called it the Nusat because his dad was a an artist and there was a a, a Greek uh, book of nudes. Yes, uh, and it was called Nus. And so we'd go up to the Nuss Hut and look at naked women from 1940s Athens. But it's a good use. Yes. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it's this, this room that someone had built there for some yeah. reason, and they inherited it. If you haven't seen the, the TikTok video yet, it, it's great. Uh, and it's this, this gal, Samantha, in New York who found a complete uh, apartment on the other side of her uh, bathroom mirror. And it was uh, uninhabited, and it's just cool. It's it's a neat little adventure too. It's just they're, they're each a minute long. It's only four videos, and step by step she takes you through the process. But it's hit virally, so uh, if you want to take a look at that, do you'll enjoy it today. All right, we need to take a break and be right back. B files coming up. Hey, just in the past week, we have had an in-depth and light Zoom with the amazing Ken Burns. Our buddy Kate Flannery, Meredith from The Office, played the piano for us. We hung out with Michael and Kevin Bacon, the Bacon Brothers. I spoke to one of my idols, Alex Lifeson of Rush. Pete Holmes made us laugh. We met the newest member of the Jackie Bam Bam fan club. That would be Dan Arbach from the Black Keys. And Mark Wahlberg was in our studio. All those moments are posted now on PrestonandSteve.com. Where it is is it? Uh, Nick's been feeling a little anxious lately. <laughs> well, in in particular, in civic times. Okay, so no. Sometimes we will we'll have an idea of something to talk about in the air, and one of us will just ask that we trust what yeah. they have to say. And, and so Nick just gave us very little bit of information about uh, something. So we we like to hash these things out live on the air and see where they go. Because well, that's when therapy is best conducted. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I've been binging Community uh, with Joel McHale and Chevy Chase, and, mm-hmm. and I love the show. It's it's great. And um, there's a scene uh, a few seasons in where Allison Bree decides to move out of her apartment, and she's going to move in with Troy and Abed. And Pierce, played by Chevy Chase, decides to come over and help her move. And in so doing, he proceeds to ruin the apartment. There's right. a scene where he spills paint all over the floor. He messes up the electrical outlet, and so he like the the you know the line from the electrical outlet goes up and then lights up the the wall on fire, and then there's an explosion. Yeah. And I find that um, I noticed this about myself before, but I wasn't able to put my finger on it until watching that scene in Community the other day. That I get incredibly anxious. When spills happen on TV, when stuff ends up all over the floor, if, really? if, if there's like um, something going on, here's the scene up on our screens here in the television and, okay. and in, the, in the studio, and uh, I the mess that's being made and the damage that's being caused on a fictional television in a fictional apartment causes me to get incredibly tense, and I don't know how to manage it. So I was wondering if I'm alone in that endeavor. I Googled it, and it turns out okay. people feel the same really? feelings. So, yeah. Okay. A couple questions. Yes. Uh, so so uh, is this a recent development? For example, when you watched the no. movie The Money Pit, were you able to watch it without this? Uh, no, but I wasn't able to figure out what the anxiety the was okay. before. Right. And it's, it's, uh, it's a palpable sense in my body because this person is messing up an, an apartment and making it uh, ruining it. Okay, let's see if if, if people can uh, identify if you if you get anxious when you see messes or spills on TV shows, not in real life. No. no. I mean, honestly, like if, if Chevy Chase came in and did that in our studio, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of funny. Right. You know, but it's it's the fact that that mess is being created in an apartment. And I, I think what it is, and this is what I was reading a little bit, is that I have zero control over that mess happening on, on television. Like it's, this yeah. is going to happen and the spill's going to go everywhere. If I'm watching a bounty commercial and right. somebody spills the, and, and they have to clean it up with the, the quicker picker-upper, yeah. that gives me anxiety. All right. 215-263-WMMR. Do you think this feeds into, Casey, you have a thing where uh, you hate... Like uh, Meet the Fockers. Uh, I hate the comedy where anything that can go wrong, wrong will Goes go wrong. wrong. It, do yeah. you think it also has to do with a sense of being uh, not in control? Uh, being mm. able, of seeing a potential situation that you see is going to happen. Possibly. And you have no control over averting it. That might be similar to you, Nick, in some way. Yeah. yeah. And people are texting in to, to agree. There's another one that came in, and this is, I feel this, but less when, uh, you know, like in, in um, uh, Age of Ultron, which we referenced earlier in the show, you know, when Sokovia gets blown up. Like, that that bothers me, um, but it doesn't give me anxiety. You know, like I see, oh, this, this city's going to be destroyed. But it's it's specifically messes being created or or uh, things going awry. But if they showed a chunk of that city getting blown through the window of another home and knocks over a vase, yeah, like WandaVision, that... you know, when they flash back to spoiler alert and they go to Wanda's earlier days and and she's dealing with like you know the stuff that happens in her apartment, uh, um, that I, I, that gets under my skin. I can't deal with it. It's wow, it's bizarre, that's very specific, yeah. and very odd. It, it, uh, I can I. Yeah, no, I can kind of see. I, I, you know me, I, I do not like not being in control, and that that freaks me out. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in cases like where um, I do love the um, everything's going wrong sort of scenario, and I'm watching someone else deal with it, uh, if it pertained to me specifically, yeah. I would freak out. But in, in those cases, I do I do enjoy it. 
the money pit for me is is just a an orgy of yeah. is, of destruction that I love, and oh, I, I never liked that, liked that movie. Mo- oh, really? Oh, I loved that movie. Oh, I didn't like it, and I, maybe that's why I didn't like it. I didn't, you know, know back then what I know now. I love his stuff. feeling, especially the laugh when yeah. everything, you know, that, that we played. Like, yeah, nothing else can go wrong, <laughs> it's just, and then it, it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tell me, as a question, Nick, like on the on the quicker picker upper commercial. When you see the spill get cleaned up, do you get a sense of satisfaction? Absolutely. Do you shoot? No. You shoot. Gross man. No, I don't do that. <laughs> well, you got the paper oh, towel. God. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. I have a paper towel in my hand, too. Clean that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, if it's a... If it's a Commercial for you know a cleaning product. Mm-hmm. They're going to clean it up in the commercial. Right. I d- now here's something you brought that point up, Preston. Like when they do that and they do a, a quick sweep around of, mm-hmm. of of a spill and they get it all up. I'm I, like, you're never going to get it in one yeah, shot in yeah. real life. No but, way. But I do like it. I yeah. do like seeing it. No, it's satisfying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're able to do that. They could do that. Yeah. So the mo- <laughs> the only movie I ever walked away or walked out of was that movie. Are we there yet? With with Ice yeah. Cube, and it was another one of those. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And you I hate think, that. And I think there might be a control issue because I think it is the the one point where I said to I said to my I says to myself yeah. I says Casey because he walks he gets out of the car right and he goes into a store and in my mind because I didn't say it out loud I go if she gets behind the driver side driver wheel of the car the driver's side wheel driver's of the car. wheel if she gets behind the wheel of the car and drives away this little girl yeah. I'm like, I'm out. I'm leaving. And he goes into the store, and sure enough, she gets into the driver's side. You and saw it coming. And so I saw predictable. It couldn't avoid it. It was predictable, and I had no control over I, it. I understand that. I understand. To me, I don't react that way. I, I actually yeah. enjoy seeing that other that, that part of the, the deal. That's why I do enjoy the money pit, but it's an interesting dynamic. I'm going to go to some calls. I have Anthony on the line. Hi, Anthony. Good morning. Hey, good morning, it. Hey, good morning, it, man. What's up? <laughs> Uh, nothing. I was listening to you guys, and like I get that same feeling when if I see somebody making this horrible mess, I'm sitting there in my head like, oh, my God, well, the floors and this and that and the other thing is going to go badly. <laughs> so I just, like, I rack up a bill in my head. I'm actually a that's contractor it. for a company that you advertise Stop for. Stop it. Do you, start to, you start to add up the bill, and you do too, Nick? I do, yeah. I was, oh when God. I was watching Chevy Chase spill the paint, I was like, well, that's going to cost a lot of money to clean that up. How are they going to get the paint out of the floor? they got to bring over a contractor. <laughs> I think you found yeah, the root of your yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, if it's money related. I honestly, I, I kid you it. not. It's, I think it, subliminally yes. it might be the money <laughs> How thing. much would that cost? Maybe, yeah. Exactly. I, I'm sitting there like... Itemizing thing like broken pipe that's six hundred dollars. Yes. All that's getting into the sewer. Uh, that's done. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. Okay. I feel the same, man. Interesting. Thanks, quick, man. Quick question for you, Nick. Again, then on top of this, um, do you find any satisfaction in the rage rooms that you've done? Uh, a little bit, I, but I've, I've mentioned this before. I find them tiring. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right, so yeah. I, like, I, I get worn out by and them. And you don't so. have to clean it up when you're done. Like, when it's over, you just leave well, and you somebody know what? else it, does it. I've created that mess. You yeah. know, the, the, on television, I'm not creating it, and I have no control over it getting cleaned right. up. All right, let me ask you, is it just liquids, spills, or if someone trashes a an apartment, yeah, does I mean, that get in your head, too? Anything that's screwing up the apartment, anything that's, you know, messing really? up the scene. Yeah, yeah. Because oh. I would think spills are much more invasive. They get It, it gets into cracks. It, you know, it spreads. Heads out yeah. all over the place. But, I mean, like, again, this, this I keep going back to this Chevy chasing, but it's one thing after another getting worse and worse in that apartment. And, and like, the last caller, like, I'll, I start adding it up in my head. I was like, this, this is going to cost that apartment so much money. I'm going to go to Shane. Same anxiety we have about spills, but is a psychologist oh. and might know how you can get past this. Shane, good morning. 
Good morning, guys. All right. So you have you have this. So you experience the same type of sensation that that Nick does a little bit of anxiety when you see uh, spills taking place on television. Not a little bit, a lot. Okay. Uh. It, it's depending on the movie. I, I can watch The Money Pit and laugh, laugh my butt off at The Money Pit. But there's an old movie. It's a body switch movie with Dudley Moore. I don't remember that. Yeah, we, and vice versa. Yeah, Kirk Cameron. I think that it, was right? it, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They absolutely trash a beautiful house. Mm-hmm. And watching that scene makes me cringe. I cannot stand it. It, but it, the money pit doesn't bother me, so it's it's definitely dependent on what goes on. And weird science when they trash the house that doesn't bother me. But it does have to do with control. I, as I said, I'm a psychologist. I treat this. It's all about being out of control and not being able to fix things. Okay. Do you, so. Do you, can you suggest a method for Nick to mitigate that um, uncomfortable sense? Sure, he should sneak into people's apartments and totally trash them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then get right. comfortable to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's my my thing is always it's always the perception that it's a set, it's designed for to be trashed. It, it's not even a real abode. Like the same thing when I when I started watching horror movies as a kid, my father was always you know a big fan of the Universal horror movies and would always prep me by saying you know there, there's if you come back past where the where you're looking there are there's a director standing there and it's it's not real. So th- would that help? Actually, that will work against him. He has to be convinced that it will be okay that this is trashed. Okay. And it will get fixed. Yeah, it has nothing to do with whether you know, I, I my my brain knows and recognizes this is a TV show and a set. Like you know, that's not that's not the issue for me. It's it's what's happening during that show and on that set that gives me the anxiety. Yeah, it, uh. it, it's about control, one hundred percent. Okay. By the way, the name of the movie was uh, Like Father, Like Son. It was oh, like vice versa. versa. There you go, yeah. Vice versa was uh, um, Judd, Judd Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and, and Savage. And Fred Savage. They're all See, the same now that movie. was going to give me anxiety because <laughs> I couldn't figure out the title of that damn right. thing. All right, let me go to Jude. Same thing for her. Jude, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you? Do you feel? Is this the first you've heard that someone else shares this experience with you? Yes, it is. And you oh probably feel... Pretty good that you're not alone. Oh my God, I feel great that I to know I'm not alone. I have tears in my eyes right now because I'm thinking about all the anxiety I've had over the years. And as soon as you guys mentioned Money Pit, I had to pull over. I'm like the biggest anxiety of my life was when I saw Money Pit. Really? I I am shaking right now. <laughs> Because I never realized it's because of how they messed up that place. I grew up with a very um, OCD mom. (laughs) And she had to have the house so clean. And I think that's why. I've always known I've had OCD about it, but I've never realized it's because of the mess. (laughs) That that makes sense. Honestly, think of how you would have benefited had you have had a slob like Kathy as a mom. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, poor Chase! <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, it's it's part of the deal, and 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 so you you had an experience at home. With, how how clean would your mom keep it? Oh, spot was clean. Yeah, spot was clean. I mean, it wasn't like it was a real negative, like, but it was a real positive that it had to be very clean, right? But it had to be, and it had to be done all the time, and it had to be done each week at a certain time in a certain way. Oh, my God, I take care of her now, and um, I have to do things a certain way so she's happy at 85 years old. Wow. Jude, let me ask you about the uh, the spills and the messes. Of, uh, of, oh. A standard go-to in movies is somebody spills something on someone's shirt. Yeah. You know, makes a mess like that. Uh, does that affect you as well? 
really does. It really does. My boys, who are adults, have pointed out to me recently, every time something like that happens on the screen, my hands immediately go up to my face like I'm getting ready to cover my eyes. Oh, have you ever seen... I didn't even realize I was doing it. Have you ever seen the movie Mommy Dearest? Um, Yeah, way back in the day. I was very upset for for days after seeing it. Yeah, because Joan Crawford, as depicted in the movie, is, is psychotically... Cleanly, and they they try to draw some um, reasons for that, and then there's obviously there's the wire hanger scene, but mm. uh, yeah, I could see where that would drive you over the edge. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So I don't think I have OCD. I have OCD by proxy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, Jude, with this spill thing, you're not alone. You're not alone. Oh, you're not thanks, alone. Guys. Thank you so much for speaking up, Nick. It was a very powerful thing you did for me today. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that, Jude. Yeah, I hope Maybe it when helps. COVID's over, we could do a support group. Yeah. Yeah. My name is thing. Nick, and I don't like spills. Sit out and get some cocktails. Yeah, you, can, uh, you guys can smoke and have donuts like they do at the meetings. Here's a text that says, uh, what about on Friends when Ross was dating the girl in the apartment with trash and food everywhere? At least she was hot. That's from Harry in Conchie. Yeah, and he was... spells his name H-A-I-R-Y, Harry. Maybe he's just very hairy. <laughs> okay, maybe. That scene uh, is awful. It's oh. it's just terrible. I know exactly what he's talking about. And, and, and she was a hot person. <laughs> but man, I can't watch that scene without feeling a pit in my stomach. It's just, it really gets to me. Hey, here's an interesting text from somebody says, I have a habit of cleaning people's bathrooms when visiting. Oh, my God. Uh, the toilet. Who the is dust that? I want to invite them over. The trim. <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. I literally get anxious at the corners full of dust. I actually oh used to, God. I was trained to, uh, as a kid, to always make sure that the, the, the toilet was clean. Yes. You know, always. And that means that the top. Uh, the whatever you call it, the lid and and the mm-hmm. other part because as a guy the you pipes. lift it a lot and you pee yeah so uh, if I would go to someone's house I would lift the lid and if it wasn't <laughs> clean I'd take toilet paper and clean it up for him would you also and I would do this if I go to someone's house I don't uh, I dry any water that's around. The, on the sink? The sink. Yeah. 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 Sure, I'll do that. Uh, growing up, my toilet seats did not stay up. So if you lifted the toilet, because we always had the padded toilet seats. Oh, I hated those. And they Dude, always, yeah. we have one. Rochelle got it a couple of years ago. <laughs> you, it doesn't stay up. It doesn't up. stay when up. You pull, when you pull it up to pee... It does not stay up. It's the the foam is too big. It won't come back it down. Sucks. I tried to explain it to her, and I said, you know, and having to do that as a guy yeah. with one hand the whole time holding it, and then pee and, and move around your junk and whatever you got to do. I told her, look, I'm just going to start peeing on the seat. I apologize, do it. but I'm going to do, do it. it. That's yeah. your protest. I tell you what, anymore. when you're taking a dump, it does not provide enough torque. And finally, <laughs> I agree with that yes. too. Finally, it it's cracked. So the the vinyl, whatever that that, yeah. that uh, has cracked, and I'm like, thank God, yeah. let's get rid of this. Yeah, yeah. Get a normal seat. And she was like, oh, and I'm like, well, uh, uh, my ass, yeah. uh, and literally my ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I'm gonna withhold sex from you. There's only one person in my household that pees on the toilet seat, and he refuses <laughs> to accept. He's like, it's probably Casey. I'm like. She sits down the pee, dude, and it's all over the back of the seat. (laughs) It's all over where her ass would be. Why? I, God damn it. (laughs) You don't, you, I understand. It's too hard to to lift the toilet seat, but can you just, I'm like, have a little respect for the women that you live with. And it's not a padded seat? It's not a padded seat. He's got no excuse. He's got no excuse. Military school. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Clint back to the spills thing. Hi, Clint, you're on the air. Good morning, gentlemen and ladies. Good morning, sir. Good What's morning. all right? So, how about this? You have the same thing that Nick has? 
You know, Nick, I have to say thank you for bringing this up. I thought I was going insane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good to know we're not alone, right? Exactly. So I I don't know about you, but with the commercials with the bounty picker-upper stuff, when they spill the stuff on the radio, I have to pull over. I am so anxious. I'm out of control. I, I have to pull over and let the commercial finish and realize that it's actually a commercial. Wow. So so when they're spilling, even if you just hear, wow. so you said on the radio, if there's radio. mention of it, that's too much. That's too much. I have to pull over. So when you see it on an actual commercial on the television, what does that do to you? I have to switch the channel. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm, All right. I have a question for both Clint and, and Nick. So there's a scene, there's an iconic scene in The Godfather, where Michael meets with the uh, chief of police and yeah. Salazzo, and he's going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. So bottom line is, spoiler alert, he shoots him, <laughs> kills him. One of them hit, falls on the table, knocks it sideways, and mess goes everywhere. You got two dead bodies right there. That's yeah. fine. Are you focusing on the mess? 100%. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. How, right. about, how about you, Clint? Yes, 100%. Okay. <laughs> if if Michael had uh, spilled spaghetti sauce on his shirt beforehand yeah. or knocked it on the floor, that would have bothered me than murder. Wow. Really? What I... if the scene ended with Michael taking out a dust buster? And cleaning it up yeah. real quick. Got to make sure it looks nice and clean. <laughs> yes. What about when they're cleaning up the body uh, when uh, Jules accidentally shoots that guy in the back of Marvin. the car? Marvin. I shot yeah. Marvin in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little itty bitty bits of piece of brain all over the place. Did that bother you when they had to clean that up in the back of the car? Yeah, or were you more like... thinking about brain and skull? That's a Any double mess. mess. What, what about Any you? Any mess whatsoever. Any mess whatsoever. Okay. All right. Thanks, Clint. Appreciate it. Well, yeah. then, like in the boys, when the heads are exploding all over the place, yeah, they but make, that's, it makes it's different. Like yeah. that's it's uh, body gore for whatever reason is not doesn't get to me. It's it's spilling stuff, like it's, paint it's, and tar yeah, yeah, yeah. and things of that nature. There's, this person texted in. This is another good example: a Ghostbuster scene where they where they caught Slimer and he's around that room. You know, he's yeah. flying around and they have to um, take. Uh, uh, Bill Murray tries to take the uh, tablecloth and and pull it out, and the stuff goes spilling everywhere. That, that bothers the crap out of me. So let's see Michael Corleone take out like a tide stick, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, let me get that for you. And then they're, they're not going to you drop your hands to the side, pick up the dust buster and start cleaning up. Uh, Christine, you are on the air. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, it. Good morning, Good morning it. All right. So you too? Yes. Yeah, so for me, it's more of the mess to the house itself okay. than messes in general. Because, um, I mean, granted, I got OCD, I hate messes, but I'm a homeowner adjuster. So for me, watching a house just get <laughs> messed up, like the stupid, oh, let's put a hole here because the, the piece of wood fell or a kid went through the wall, that for me stresses me out because I'm like, oh, God. That 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 would be a claim. I would have to fix that. Like, <laughs> okay, more work so, would come in. Yeah, your your profession that it relies on that. So, is your own home pretty spotless? For, for the most part, yes. Yeah. With the exception of when my kids come in and destroy a room. Okay. I cannot like. I'm on edge. If you ask my husband, like. <laughs> I'm at a different level when the house is a mess versus when it's clean. I am much more chill because my anxiety turns into uh, anger. (laughs) So I'm much more calm when the house is all in one piece. Everything's where it belongs because it definitely comes out as anxiety for me. All right. But it's interesting because Nick says his own mess is not a big deal. I can handle that. But but watching one that you can't 
jump in and help out, maybe clean up? Is right. that part of it? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's the, it's it is. It's the control of what's going on on the TV. Is that I have no control over that. And we're watching the Ghostbuster scene when he when he says, you know, he pulls the uh, the tablecloth out <laughs> yeah. from underneath, and the flowers are still, still standing. standing. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that mess wow. that he makes. Well, I can't mm-hmm. take it. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a text that says the giant spill and Home Alone and how they wipe it up with fancy napkins and toss them out drives me nuts. Because they're tossing out the fancy napkins, I guess? I, I guess so. All right. I guess maybe maybe part of that. So, wow. My wife has, like, when I when I do paper towels, and I, I'll i just do a lot of them. I'm like, I'm, I'm, forget it. I, I'm going to use paper towels. And, and, I, and, like, for example, with cat vomit, I don't like to feel the cold cat vomit on my fingers when I'm cleaning it up. So I, I make, like, oh, mittens gross. out of the... Yeah. <laughs> and she'll still complain how much I use. Like, you know what? It's worth it to me. Yeah. I don't want to feel the cold cat. I know. I know. I don't like that. Uh, and Casey, oh man, there was one more thing I was going to ask you. Um, what was it that, that drives you crazy that you were talking about? That's anything that can go wrong will go oh, wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, somebody was texting and saying that's why they don't watch The Office. But you love The Office. Uh, the Office is well. My, no, Michael Scott Michael. is very, very uh, cringeworthy, and especially more so in the beginning, like the very first season of, of The Office, I think is more cringeworthy than the rest. There's well, a whole what, uh, subreddit on the, an episode called Scott's Tots. And, okay. and, and so, it's the best. It, it's the it, best. But, but people can't watch that episode. It gives them so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. This is where he, he, he makes them believe he's set up, he had the intentions of setting up a scholarship fund for these kids that he never really did. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it, it's the most uncomfortable viewing, but it's hilarious. What about when they sp- he spills the chili all over the office? Kevin, yeah. yeah. Kevin's spilling the chili. That is awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it's funny. That's a mess, people. Who's going to clean that up, Angela? All right. Kevin cleans it up. He's the one who spilled it. All right. Well, it's uh, it, apparently some people it affects. Interesting. I'm Nick. glad I'm not alone. Good to know, and I'm glad you shared that. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. Be back in a moment. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Um, all right, so I would like to do something because this is getting bigger and bigger. Uh, I have my stack of topics here, and mm-hmm. I would like to dive into this and see what we end up getting. You guys Let me take a look at that? that stack. What's that? Oh, that's a pretty big stack. Yeah, it's all right, we might as well burn so a few off. Because... I would like to. I would like to try this out. So these are things that I jot down from time to time, topic wise, that we just for one reason or another didn't have time to get to, and have uh, they've turned into a stack. And I hate to have them just sit here. They're, they're, I hate to have them sit there because you get worried. I see you get antsy. Yeah. So let me uh, let me fan these out. Marissa, why don't you want to pull? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm nervous, guys. I don't know what to do. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's and grab one. Oh, my God. You can barely reach over here. Can I, you? I'm on my toes, my tippy toes. All right. There's a lot of writing on this one, Preston. All right. I like it. What? Movies you're sure nobody but you like. Wow. Okay. I like this one. You're the only one that you've ever met that really likes this movie for whatever reason. 
I have an obscure one. Um, and that's and, what they would be, yeah, usually. Uh, well, not that obscure, but whatever. For me, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. And then uh, some of my friends became it, so maybe this disqualifies it. But it's, anyway, the movie's uh, Crazy People with um, Dudley Moore. It's and, great. And, okay, so I'm not the only one. No, it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that was just... So shut that one. <laughs> I'm going to get it going with a bad one. Yeah. See, this All is right. an example of one not to use. Let me go with one. Okay. Um... An immigrant Italian family, a mob family. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the Godfather. All right. Oh, yeah. go I hate on. that movie. Never no, seen I, it. I know a whole bunch of obscure films that... Yeah. Um, you almost aren't fair, because you know yeah, yeah. too many movies, you yeah. know, and the, like, and, the, and then the, the movie that this movie was based on, you know, like that's... So, to me, that, that's unfair. Listen, we all kind of work in movie speak sometimes. Yes, we do. And... and um, Chuck D'Amico will he'll throw out a movie line as if it is like the most you know, he'll be like Yo, I am your father it's like yeah. he doesn't throw out things like that he'll throw out a movie line from like she's having a baby right? and he's like oh I love that movie you know I love <laughs> dude he just texted us <laughs> Chuck I'm a huge fan of the movie. Oh She's having a baby. <laughs> he just texted that. <laughs> All right. Well, his reminded me of one. Um, the very first Molly Ringwald movie I ever saw was Four Keeps. God, I don't remember that. Yes. So it's Molly Ringwald. She gets pregnant as a senior in high school. That sounds vaguely familiar, though. And she has to, like, leave. Uh, they, they pretty much kick her out and send her to, like, a different school. Um, and then she lives with her boyfriend. She gives birth in a toilet? Does not. Oh. Gives birth regularly. Okay. Um, in a hospital. And then, like, his mom, like, loves speaking French in the house. And they live with the mom for a little while. And that's yeah. bad. And then they go get their own apartment. I, I remember not liking that movie. So it's my favorite Molly Ringwald movie because it's the first one I ever saw. Okay. Directed right. by it, John Avildsen, Steve. Yes, who he? went on to direct Rocky. Rocky, oh. and also yeah. Mac and Me, right? And also Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> he did Karate Kid? Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. guy did Rocky, did Karate Kid? Yes, he did. Yeah. I had no idea. All right, I thought of one. Um, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. <sighs> no, I'm a huge fan. Okay. I love that movie, and a lot yeah. of people don't know about that movie. So it was done, really, with a... Um, we had, In fact, we had the director yeah. and writer in the studio... And it's it's done in a real retro style. It's with Gwyneth Paltrow. It's with um, Jude the, Law. Jude Law, and it's and, and uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And the the style is so cool, and it's sort Giovanna of Giovanna Ribisi. Yeah, and it's well, black and whiteish, but it's, I like that. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. It's it's a sci-fi yeah. adventure that takes place. The scene Preston where the robots are marching down. The city street. I mean, yeah. a huge army of robots, and then they they level Madison Square Garden. It's very cool. Yeah. So when you know that there's a movie that's crap, but you like it, and you find somebody else that has not only seen it but has enjoyed it, like that's yeah. that's like a brotherhood. That is like a kinship. Well, yeah, I agree. And, you know, so Meatballs Two is one of those. Oh, God, <laughs> and Meatballs, my, right. Meatballs Two is legendary. Yours. Now, I, my my buddy, uh, it was a couple of years ago. I said, I got to run. I got to go grab dinner. And he says, what are you having, hot ganipkinabs? <laughs> now, listen, that is just a throwaway line from the movie. And I turn and I look. He goes, do you know what I'm talking about? I go, meatballs, too. And we were like, we had to hug. I was like, well, I love that movie. It's a terrible movie, but I love it. Well, Steve, you and I have one. Oh, Mac and me. No. Baby's Day Out. Baby's Day Out. Yes. Yes. The scene where Joe Montana's feet are being set on fire 
is comedy gold. Well, and the gorilla. It's a terrible movie. Yeah, yeah the gorilla. Awful. It, it, All it, of it is bad, but I laugh every time I watch it. So it is. Now, I, I have perpetually on my DVR Mac and me. That's bad. <laughs> it's, it's so bad because they're. It's 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 a ET ripoff. Yeah, and there's a scene clearly McDonald's <laughs> put up a huge. The there is an extended, tw- like twenty minute dance number inside a McDonald's. Ronald oh shows up. Yeah, yeah, and and the kids are dancing, and there's football players dancing, and it's like, what am I watching here? Right. It's unbelievably bad. Here's a, a text. Somebody says the movie Rubber. Never heard of this before. Uh-uh. It says a car tire comes to life. Yes! Yes! With the power to make people explode. It's great. And goes on a murderous rampage through the California desert. Seriously? Yes. This is it, Robert, that we oh, showed the trailer for. Up. It is a murderous tire. It's great. <laughs> it cannot be great. <laughs> I just, it can't right. be great. Let me go to some other calls. I'm going to go to Matt. Hey, Matt, you're on the air. Good morning. <laughs> Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, man. All right, so a movie, you're sure you're one of the only people you know that actually likes it. So this is one Steve probably knows. It's 1941 by Steven Spielberg. You, that was, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, so did I. It, yeah. yeah, it is. So it is a bad I didn't like it. movie that's actually fun to watch because of the time you have everybody in it. You have Belushi, Aykroyd. All right. Uh, you have uh, um, just everyone who was popular at that time is in the movie. It's just, it's it's really terrible. But you liked it, Matt? I absolutely loved it growing <laughs> up. I'm a World War II fan, so it was, yeah. you know, kind of ticked that box. And then, actually, to go to Casey's point, when I first started dating my now wife, uh, we were hanging out at her parents' house one time looking for a movie to watch, and she was like, hey, have you ever seen 1941? <laughs> she was one of the only people I've known at the time who actually even knew what the movie was. Wow. Well, well yeah. th- listen, th- the movie is, uh, it's considered a bomb. Spielberg o- often talks about what a misstep it was. He threw everything at it, everything in the kitchen sink, as he says, and uh, you still have to have a funny script. It's actually based on a real yeah. story that <laughs> happened. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, man. Dumb and dumber. Yep. Uh, all right, let me go next to Rick. Hi, Rick. You're on the air. Good morning. Fire truck. Yeah. Fire What's up, Rick? What's going on? Um, so, a, a movie that I saw when I was younger. Now that it, um, it's kind of taken me back, uh, is a movie called Monkey Bone with Brendan Fraser and Chris Kattan. Oh, oh, no. no, I don't remember that at all. Oh my god. So I just. It took me back a little bit, but I Googled just the actual picture because I kind of forgot it. It's absolutely terrifying, and I'm realizing I was probably 10 years old when it came out. Monkey Bone? Yes, Monkey Bone with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Oh, I remember this thing. It's an animated character, right? Yeah, it's like claymation. It's It's horrible. It's terrifying, yeah. And I'm realizing that it's something I feel like you'd watch on acid, but I was 10 years old at the time, so that just, I don't know, maybe I just took it a little differently. Yeah. My mom... My mom worked at a mom and pop video store, and I would I would bring it home for like weeks on end. I probably watched it fifteen times, and I don't think anybody has ever rented it other than myself. <laughs> oh, right. And funny. do you actually like it? I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm sure if I go back and revisit it, it's not going to feel the same. But at <laughs> the time, it was incredible. But in your mind, you love it. All right, thanks, Rick. Yep. I appreciate thanks. it, man. Let's go to Dave. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Dave? Uh, assassins, Antonio Banderas, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Why do you love it? It's so bad. It is horrible. So it, you're right. It's a terrible movie. The action sequences. Antonio Banderas is in another one. I think it's called Thirteenth Warrior. 
No, that's actually not too bad. <laughs> X versus Sever or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you keep saying it's so bad. You, but, but do but you, you like love it? it? Yeah. yeah, do you like it, Dave? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, All so right. The, the movie I was talking about is called Ballistic. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Dave. X versus Sever, and it's Antonio Banderas, and it's also, uh, what's her name? She, uh, Lucy Liu. Okay. And, and they're, right. they're assassins going after each other. All right, I'm going here. Uh, Paul, good morning, sir. Paul M. How you doing? Good, man. All right, so what's a, what's a movie you're pretty sure you're one of the few people that actually likes it? So uh, it's a terrible movie. It's called Hudson Hall. Yeah, Bruce Paul, Willis. I actually kind of like that movie, too. <laughs> really? Yeah. What's it about? He's, he's, a, he's a thief. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis is, and he does this weird thing where he has a certain amount of time to you know, get in and get out, and so he will see, he will pick a, an obscure song and sing it during right. the entire right. crime. And I always liked that for some reason, Paul. That concept is so cool. It's weird. It's it's not a great movie. Uh, uh, Danny Aiello is in it, but you you remember it fondly, Paul? Oh yeah, uh, I just had that one scene where uh, just in my head. Where uh, Bruce Willis is in uh, France and he's uh, drinking something, and <laughs> big muscly guy at the other uh, one of the bad guys or whatever, he pops up and he just yells like "G Yogi" and it just <laughs> dying every time. Now that's writing. Your kind of humor, Paul. <laughs> I well, love Nick, it. Nick Murphy texted us. Yeah. Thanks, man. And he said one of his favorites is oh, Hudson Hawk. Shut up. Yeah, Nick, Nick's a cinephile. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible movie yeah. that's a lot of fun. Can yeah. you explain to me this, this singing thing again? What is so, it? So, all right. So, they, they, they're going to go, you know, say you steal a diamond or whatever, they, you know, from uh-huh. this uh, museum. I, I don't know. And uh, they're, they're looking at the security layout, and he's like, okay, um, you know, three minutes and 15 seconds. And, uh, and so, I think Danny Aiello says that to uh, Bruce Wilson. He goes, swinging on a star. Right. And so they go in. So you be swinging on a star, you know, and they just see singing it while they're going through and trying to steal. Okay. So they know instead of using a watch right. as they a sing timer, the they sing a song. Okay. Uh, to let them know how much time they've got left but, before they got to get out of there before they get alerted to, you know, uh, the crime. Uh, let's go to Paul next. We're talking about crappy movies that you may be the only person that really likes. Uh, hey, Paul, good morning. Good morning. All right, so I have two. The first one is Almost Heroes with Chris Farley. Everyone I've ever seen it with thinks it's a steaming pile of crap, but I love Never it. Never even heard of that. Almost Heroes. <laughs> Matthew uh, Perry, right? Yeah, and Matthew Perry. Yeah, they're basically trying to beat Lewis and Clay yeah. across. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that, it has a great sequence where he's trying to get an eagle's egg. And Preston, every time he goes up, he thinks he's being quiet, and like a triggle breaker, then you hear, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, so if you're talking about Chris Farley movies that stink, that are also awesome, Beverly Hills Ninja. I was going to yeah. ask about that, really? Yeah. Okay. So Paul, what's the other one? The other one is The Pest with John Leguizamo. Love that movie. The it test. is it's basically the Pest. Like oh, the a, Pest. Uh, the pest. It's like basically like most dangerous game. He gets called to this island for this rich guy, and he hunts him. It is so terrible. And the <laughs> opening sequence of him in the shower is so dumb, but I love every second of it. And every, like my friends used to watch dumb movies in college high all the time and mm-hmm. love them. Like, and this one they could not even get. Well, wait a second, Paul. Isn't isn't the pest one of his stage characters? 
I think I think he, he used to have a, a a character that was the pest. You know, he had those those stage yeah, shows. Yeah, do one man shows. Hugely popular. Right. The oh, pest. There's yeah. also a movie. Um, Steve, you've never even seen it. What's that now? Which one? You've never seen the pest, the movie. It sounds familiar, but I can't, nothing's coming up. I mean, I remember the name, and that's why I'm thinking I'm, I'm keying off a stage thing that he did. But I, as far as the movie, I don't remember seeing it. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Casey, I thought of one that uh, that you and I know, and I, it's been so long since I've seen it, but I remember liking it as a kid, was Midnight Madness. Oh, my God. I love that movie. You do? Yeah, yeah we watched it. Um, either now, One of my buddies had it in college, so it was in... A semi-regular rotation of ours, and, you know, Zach Gallagher, I believe, is in it. Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox is a kid in it, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's where we get the Leon clip from. Yes. Uh, When anybody named Leon calls in or we have a story about Leon. I never do that. Yeah, Yeah, that's what this is for. Have have you guys ever watched it? No. Oh, man. So Leon is this guy who... He's like a genius, right? He's a genius, but he creates a scavenger hunt. And it's called the Midnight Madness. Yeah, it's, it's a midnight- got um, Stephen First, isn't it, from uh, Animal House? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, and and I love scavenger hunts. Yeah, so that's why I always thought that was kind of a, a neat movie. And each team, but it's uh, not. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it's a fun movie. But each team created has a different color to it. So you got okay. the yellow team versus the red team. You know, the yellow team is like the regular people. The red team, you got like a fat ladies and then like jocks, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, oh, they're groups. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, this looks yeah, familiar. Yeah, so the guy who's Eddie, whatever the hell his name is, one of the guys is the, um, Preston, is the guy with the ventriloquist dummy up in the Ferris wheel in 1941. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forget yeah. the guy's name, but he was yeah. a big... So Steven Spielberg loved this guy because he reminded him of Jerry Lewis. Eddie yeah. Deason. Eddie yeah, Deason. Yeah, he was in uh, Grease. Yep. You remember yes. from Greece? Yep. And he's the annoying kid in Polar Express. Yeah, and he was also yeah. the first choice for Indiana Jones. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> shut your mouth. Uh, and and by the way, so I'm seeing a, a few titles on the the phones that I'm not going to go to because I I don't think they qualify because there there are there are some cult classics like Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, and Howard the Duck and Memento that I see on here. There I are, have one. Okay. I you ever see the movie I Come in Peace? Yes. You go in pieces. Exactly. Yeah. You go in pieces. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Yeah. Oh it's about God. an alien who he that's just that he learns to say that <laughs> yeah. to get the good and you know who's also in it? Brian Ben Ben who was in Dream On. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. The, uh, the, short the guy. Short, yeah, yeah. See, there are a couple of movies that used to be in regular rotation in my house growing up because they were on cable. And I would I have a there's a soft spot in my heart for them. I don't know if they suck today, but like there's a movie called Hunk that I watched when I was Hunk. a kid. Hunk, yeah, and this guy, Kirstie uh, um, Alley was in that. I don't remember. Oh, this guy, he was not that hunky of a guy, yeah, but uh, I remember there was that. a magical spell, and he became yeah a hunk, blonde, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, chiseled. Yes, yeah, yeah, I yes. I, I do remember yeah, that typical eighties. Yeah. Thing. What yeah. was what was the one with uh, with Steve Gutenberg where he adopts the personality of this? Biker. Biker. With long hair. Right, yeah. And, um, uh, uh, oh, from uh, Lesson Zero, uh, the, 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 the girl. Jamie Gertz? Jamie Gertz. Yeah. Is his, uh, yeah, he has cancer. Right. And then um, he recovers. It was terrible. It was yeah. It was terrible, but I loved it. Okay, here's another one now that I'm thinking about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was Cheech Marin. Um, uh, oh, man, where he goes to Australia and. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. Crocodile Dundee. No, no it was no. not Crocodile Dude. Dundee. 
but he, uh, uh, but that stunningly gorgeous actress is in it. Oh man, what was the name of it? Let's look look up, up Cheech Marin if you would, yeah. uh, Nick, because this is an eighties movie. Yeah, uh, late eighties, early nineties, um, and. Damn it, Steve. Shrimp and the Barbie? Shrimp That's it! Barbie. Shrimp and the Barbie. Really? They named the yes. movie Shrimp and <laughs> the Barbie? Uh-huh. It's horrible. Uh-huh. So listen, there was another but movie. But I liked it. I don't know why. There was another movie back in that time. Emma Sam's. Called, oh, on. I loved Emma Sam's. Gorgeous, Emma right? Sam's was from Dynasty, right? Yeah, yeah, I wonder what she looks like today. But there was a movie called <laughs> Taking It Off. Do you guys remember that I movie? I remember I the title, but I can't remember what it was about. Taking It Off is around the time of another one of my favorite. <laughs> Hold on to that. Yeah. Um, my tutor yes yes my tutor, yeah. so taking it off this chick for some reason every time she heard it was either music or a, a specific song she would start taking her clothes off ah the, the 1980s the theme song for the movie was taking it off yeah taking it off taking it off do you remember that i do remember okay. that absolutely i tried to watch one of these movies the other day it was the first movie i ever saw boobs in <laughs> it was chasers with tom berenger no. They were like, uh, nope. they were MPs and that had to go pick up a uh, nude woman. A, well, she, it was a chick, and at some point she tries to sleep with the younger guy to get out of it. Okay, it's so no. bad you guys have never even heard of it. No, but did you like it? Or? I loved it as a kid. Okay. Loved it, and I tried to watch it the other day. I made it ten minutes in and couldn't watch it. Anymore. You know, it's, well, oh, Erica Alaniac. Yes. Yeah, that's who it was. That right. she was. Oh, she's stunning. Casey, I got one for you and me, and I know we're not alone in this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Short Circuit Two. Yeah, <laughs> it's Los Locos kick your ass. Yes, I got we know that. that. <laughs> There's a, a movie that I don't know if you guys have seen. It is a, it is a cult favorite. Strange Invaders. Nope. It's about a, a town that, that w- the aliens take over everyone, and it, it, they sort of stay in the fifties. Uh, it, it's it's a solid movie. Um, who would you? Michael Moriarty's in it. Paul Lamatt's in it. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nancy Allen. Oh, I love Nancy Allen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not familiar with that. Nick, what were you going to say about? Uh... No, I mean it's just funny because it's you know it, the Short Circuit Two was so bad. Steve Gutenberg didn't want to be in it. Yeah. You know, right. like he didn't sign up for the sequel, but I love it. And Casey, it was on rotation in cable, uh, you know, when we were kids. And so I total soft spot. That's where a lot of these movies end up coming. You don't get yeah. it as much these days because you, you have so many options to actually watch good stuff. But you would actually sit there and, and the, what were time killer movies. Yeah. And then you got so used to seeing them yeah. that they started to become movies that you liked. Like um, not, I mean, like like Hudson Hawk was a flat out bomb. Yeah, but it repeated so much on cable that people loved it. There was a movie with uh, Harry Hamlin and uh, Tom Cruise's old wife, Mimi Rogers, and I I always forget the name of it, but it was about this girl who was good enough to play semi pro baseball, but they wouldn't even give her a shot because she was a girl. And I swear to God, I'm like the only one who a <laughs> saw this movie and b likes it okay and, and i've watched it um yeah I, probably within the last like two decades or whatever so it is one of those movies that you know i watched in the 80s that I, that actually i feel like holds up in an 80s kind of way blue sky, the topic what? blue skies strike again yep blue skies again i'm sorry yep that's that, it. Was it? that was all it all right uh, i'm gonna go to damien hi damien good morning hey guys how you doing good bud all right so that lousy movie that uh you think you're one of a handful of people that actually likes it I loved uh, Punch Drunk Love with Adam Sandler and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think it's a good movie. I never I, saw it. It actually, critically, it was it was pretty well received. Um, it's a is it a uh, Paul Thomas Anderson? Oh, is it? I, I think so. It's very yeah. moody. Star, but 
Great movie. I yeah. have it on DVD and never watched it. It was <laughs> one of those ones that I, like, I got through the radio station. I'm like, yeah, I'll get around to watching this someday. Never saw it. You mm. know what, uh, Preston, can you go to uh, line two? Sure. That's a good uh, I have uh, Mike R. on the line. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. Hey, good, good morning, morning bud. All right, what do you want to put on the list? Uh, so this is probably one of the more recent movies, but Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter, the <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Reiner movie. Uh, I, 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 J- Jeremy Renner and, uh, and uh, who, what's her name? G- she, she was in Clash of the Titans. She's very attractive. Uh, not Gemma? Oh, oh, Jim Anderson? Atherton, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I so she's, yeah, so she's really... Um, Wheeling. Yeah, so let me tell you something. The, the, the movie is is a junk food movie, but I think it's a hell of a lot of fun, man. I agree, uh, Mike. It's, it's, a, it's it, one of those over-the-top violent movies that yeah. is... Very violent for no reason, but you enjoy it. It is, yeah, it has no right to exist, yet they, they throw so much into it that you can't help but go, all right, that was all right. You know, it's like the movie Van Helsing, which is so yeah. overdone, but it's still fun. And it's just a nice take on a you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, story. yeah. Nice. All right, thanks, man. We appreciate it. All right, Casey wanted me to play this. Start getting naked? Yeah. When this song was playing? Or any song? That's what I can't remember. (laughs) Taking it off. God. Taking it off. And the music was so bad in those movies. There were some great uh, bad, I mean, you know, like a ski school and uh, hot dog and David Nolten. You know, those like softcore porn, essentially. Oh, Oh, man. Do you remember the Hots? There was a sorority. Danny Bonatucci was in it. No. Uh, it was just, it was exactly oh, that. Oh, wait a minute. I do. Steve, does he end up getting oral from a seal in what? that movie? No. Uh, yeah. yeah, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Somehow or another. That's hot. Yeah, he thought yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. was yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I remember that. Danny needed a paycheck. Oh, oh yeah. God. Oh, it's uh, H-O-T-S, like um, it's a uh, spelled out. The letters yes, are spelled yeah. out. Yeah. It's, it's, so HOTS stands for something, apparently. Uh, uh, well, yeah. then... It's like uh, Debs. You remember that movie? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, yes. <laughs> that was a lousy movie. Yes, it was. But the girls are so hot, I couldn't help watching it. <laughs> Debs or the Hot. Duff, right? The I like the Duff. The yeah, Duff is good, yeah, yeah. but like, of course, they picked somebody who was actually cute. You know, right. no, I, I always know that the ugly person in or the the, the <laughs> people who are supposed to be unattractive in these things are still stunning. We're gonna have to wrap in a second here, but I'm going to Mike. I'm not familiar with this one. Hey, Mike, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, what's uh, up? This, this will be one maybe for Steve. Prairie the Roller Boys. Yeah, yes, yeah, I remember that. I, I remember Patricia the movie. Slater, Patricia Arquette. God, what was the plot of that? It's like post-apocalyptic, and there's this gang of guys that kind of want to end the world, and Dr. Norris is... No, sounds like Solar Babies. That's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of Solar Babies, yeah, Yeah, but it's similar. Solar Babies is a really good junk food movie. Uh, It's similar, yeah. Give that one a watch. All right. (laughs) Probably won't, but thanks. Appreciate it, Mike. You know what's up here, which is um, uh, number eight, Preston? I don't know. Have you ever seen the list there? Uh, Let me go to Ricky. Uh, Hi, Ricky. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, buddy? Yeah, uh, the worst movie ever that I love and I always loved was Mom and Dad Save the World with John Lovitz. I love it. Yeah. uh, They're in a station wagon. They're traveling through space. Uh, and uh, isn't Kathy Ireland in that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, she is. Yeah. So, and uh, Terry Gar's in it. It actually has a pretty good sense of humor. It's very Coneheads-ish. 
ish right. is. Thanks, is. man. Uh, I'll mention a couple of these. I'm not going to be able to get to the other calls, but uh, Legend of Billie Jean. I always liked that yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. me personally. Uh, the Hudsucker Proxy. Uh-huh. That's a weird, cool movie. That's a Coen Brothers movie. Uh, and then I want to go to this one because I, I've never heard anybody admit this before. I'm going to go to Roger. Hi, Roger. Good morning, everybody. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. All right, so you got two movies that um, you're pretty sure you're one of the very few people who actually like them. Absolutely. Um, and I still love the movie Oscar starring Sylvester Stallone as a gangster. No. <laughs> wow. It's, it's... I feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> but if it brings you joy, that's all that matters. It was, again, that was a massive bomb. Was, um, oh, what's her name from uh, my cousin Vinny? Um, Marissa Tomei. Was Marissa Tomei in that? Yes, she was. Okay. She's the daughter. Yeah. Snaps my balloon. <laughs> all, right, all right. And what's the other one? Uh, it's called Saturday the 14th. It was a spoof of obviously Friday the 13th. It's so horrible. It, it's it's almost excruciatingly bad, but I will still watch it now and then. They try so hard. None of the jokes land, uh, but it's it, you can't help but watch it. It's just one of those, you know, again, crappy movies can can still be wildly entertaining to watch. Yep. Yeah, All it's right. like a slow, slow train wreck. You just can't take your eyes off. <laughs> exactly. Steve, did right, you Roger, like that thanks. movie, uh, Nothing But Trouble? I, I couldn't stand that movie. In fact, it was kind of like... Marissa has it written down I on just... a piece of paper right there, Nothing oh, But wow. Trouble. You Remind like that me movie? what it was about. Uh, so the uh, the main characters of the movie get stuck in like this town, and and Dan Aykroyd is like the judge. It's like it's I, really it's bizarre. Kind of like Rocky Horror Picture oh, Show, where their car yeah. breaks down and, Every, they find and Dan their way Aykroyd to the was house. a really weird looking guy, like an older guy. He yeah. literally had a penis for a nose. Yeah, yeah I didn't like that movie. And you- John Candy played the twins, and then the Humpty Dance was played, and they got out of uh, court because they played the Humpty Dance. <laughs> oh my god, wow. it was so good. Do you know it's actually a a a good bad movie is Neighbors, which is a similar thing where uh, with. Uh, uh, Belushi and Aykroyd, and they switched yep. role, role types. It was Aykroyd playing the crazy guy, and Belushi was the straight guy. <laughs> and this weird family, Kathy Moriarty, move in next to he uh, Belushi's, you know, suburban oh, home. Man, you just made me think of another bad movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> this is dragging on forever. But it was it was Kevin Klein, and when you said that neighbors yeah. living next door to each other made me think of it, where. His next door neighbor was this insurance scam guy, and he convinced him to switch wives, and he murders his own wife and blames it on Kevin Klein. It was terrible, <laughs> terrible. And here's you know one of the greatest yeah. American actors, and Kevin Klein. Amazing. It was it. just terrible. I couldn't even tell you what the name of that movie was. Do you have any idea when it came out? No, it like prior to Fish Called Wanda. Is it January Man? I don't know. I just oh, remember it watching it choice? And, and just being ashamed that Violets I watched are blue? it. Violets blue? Is it Dave? I don't know, man. It wasn't Dave. I, I love you to death? Dave. No, that's a great movie. Okay. Uh, I love you to death yeah, is out yeah. freaking standing. Yeah. Oh, Never my God. That's, that's underrated. Tracy okay. Ullman. Yeah. That file's under underrated. Yeah, and I agree. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. That's and, right. And, Reggie. 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 <laughs> and William Hurt yeah. and uh, uh, River Phoenix. Yes. And a lot of people were in that movie. All right, well, anyhow, discuss amongst yourselves today at work. Go in and talk to people. Maybe you'll find a kindred spirit who loved solar babies <laughs> and, you know, or whatever it may be. Thank you for the calls, and thank you for letting me lighten up the uh, stack of topics. Good pick, Marissa. Uh, we're going to take a break. The Bizarre File is coming up when we return. 
WMMR proudly presents the return of Kathy's Cuts, benefiting wigs for kids, Monday, May 2nd. Hey everyone, we're back, so get your ponytails ready for the chopping block. It's for a great cause, Wigs for Kids. Their mission, helping children look themselves and live their lives. Two locations this year, Gravity Hair Salon in Plymouth Meeting and David Arnold Hair Salon in Jenkintown. Make sure you have at least 12 inches, preferably 14 inches of hair to donate. And with what's left, the amazing stylist from Gravity and David Arnold Hair Salons will craft you a great new do. All donors get a gift bag of products from True Beauty Concepts. So go to PrestonAndSteve.com for ponytail guidelines to ensure you have a minimum of 12 inches, but preferably 14 inches of hair to donate. Then make your appointment to join us May 2nd. Kathy's Cuts, benefiting wigs for kids. From 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by Mulchworks. Mulchworks of Aston offers the highest quality mulch and topsoil that's manufactured on site. Delivery or pickup for residential and commercial markets. Visit mulchthis.com. A road rage incident turned deadly after two women in a sedan got into a fight with a motorcyclist in Hollywood and followed him to a residential street. And one of the women inadvertently, fatally struck the other woman Whoa. in their car. It's really weird. Whoa. So. That's why I included it in the bizarre. So they were both going after somebody else, and they yeah. ended up one kill, ended up killing the other. One kills the other. So the series of events began, began around twelve thirty in the morning on Sunset Avenue in Hollywood. The two women, both twenty six, were in a Mercedes when they became involved in an altercation with a man on a motorcycle. The pair, who were friends, followed the motorcyclist, uh, and that's where the passenger exited the Mercedes and confronted the motorcycle driver. Uh, the woman behind the wheel then tried to drive away, police said, but she crashed into a tree on a sidewalk in front of a residential complex. The driver somehow ended up outside of the car and became became pinned between the vehicle and the tree. Her friend, the passenger who had exited the Mercedes, returned to the vehicle, tried to move it, and she ran over the driver oh while she was trying to leave. Isn't that weird? Uh, it's incredibly weird. I, I would have to see a diagram of how this all played out because it defies logic. Now, video from the scene showed the woman's body covered in a sheet. Meanwhile, the second woman ran away from the scene. The motorcyclist stayed right there and cooperated with investigators. So hey, so what like, happened? I don't know. Sounded <laughs> like the women were the, the yeah. instigators in this. Uh, here's a weird little way to express jealousy, but whatever. A man in Austin, Texas, waited outside his ex-girlfriend's apartment complex. Then he jumped out of a bush to steal a bag of Burger King food from her hand. Ah! That'll show her. He took the meal to his own apartment, which is in the same complex, by the way, and he later told police he was upset because another man had bought that meal for her. So he stole her Burger King bag. You're never going to have it your way. And he has been charged with theft. <laughs> with hand burglary. Yeah. For that. A Houston grandmother has run over and killed one of her accomplices in a U-Haul truck. It's similar to <laughs> the other a story. bad day for trying to run people over. While it seems she, so simple. <laughs> well, she was acting as the getaway driver in a high-speed chase after a burglary. Uh, the incident occurred Tuesday morning when Dewana Thomas, a 54-year-old grandmother of seven, pulled up to a Sonny's Food Mart with three accomplices in the truck. Killer, Grandma! Killer! The three men she was driving then jumped out of the U-Haul, broke into the store using bolt cutters and cut off the locks while Thomas acted as a getaway driver by waiting outside while the men burglarized the inside. Hi, Grandma! While inside the store... <laughs> 
while inside the store, <laughs> surveillance. <laughs> Do we have that whole clip, by the way? Sure. While inside the store, surveillance footage shows the suspects stealing beer, T-shirts, and smoking paraphernalia. Wow, they were they were really aiming high. Oh, absolutely. They went for the big stuff. Uh, stuff they, we can sell overseas. They also tried uh, to break into the ATM inside with the bolt cutters, but uh, failed before making off with their loot. Hi, Grandma. <laughs> That was the code. That was to bring the getaway car around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they have yeah, two-way yeah, yeah, radios. Right, right, yeah. And when you hear this. Yeah. Hi, Grandma. I'll be right there. <laughs> and off to the officer who happened to be at the scene witnessing. Both of you and I are sniffling like crazy. I know. Witnessed the burglary and uh, called other officers for support as the high-speed chase began. The chase was 25 miles and lasted 26 minutes. Hi, Grandma. At one point uh, during the chase, one of the suspects jumped out of the moving vehicle but was arrested by some pursuing officers. When a second man tried to do the same thing, he fell off the U-Haul while clinging to the passenger side mirror and ended up being run over and killed when the, uh, the he went under the rear passenger side tire of the truck. Wow. Uh, the, the grandma allegedly has a lengthy criminal history, including charges of robbery, auto theft, and drug convictions. Uh, police Hi, also, grandma. <clears throat> police also believe the grandmother was either drunk or high during the criminal. What a grandma. At 54, she has seven grandchildren? I know. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, Thomas had her first court appearance on Tuesday evening, by the way. Hi, grandma. A custodian, this is, listen to this, a custodian who worked at a Hunterton County, New Jersey school in two, uh, until 2017 when he was fired after being accused of stealing a gift-wrapped box of candy around Christmas and what he described as a misunderstanding has filed bastard. a lawsuit against the district. Uh, district. Peter Marrow, 58 years old, Said in the suit, he thought that the wrapped boxes he came across uh, in the maintenance room at uh, Reddington Middle School were meant as a year and thank you to the crew from staff. You're fine. <laughs> he said, I chose one and I put it in my car and I was happy to be thought of by the staff. Uh, about 20 minutes later, he says he was called into the office for a meeting with the principal, vice principal, two supervisors, and two police officers. Oh, my God. Uh, he said, they asked me if I took one of the gifts and I said yes. Uh, they then said, I intentionally stole a box of Christmas candy worth $20. I said it was a mistake. Morrow states in the suit, they did not believe me. They said that they had me on camera putting the gift in my car. Morrow said he told them that he had keys to every area of the school and had never stolen anything more. He said, I found laptops, jewelry, cell phones, and other items of value and promptly brought them to the office. He states in the suit, I would not risk my job for a box of candy. Marrow said that uh, the principal told him he was fired, oh. demanded his badge and keys. You know what you are? You're what we call a candy eater. He said, I was stunned. I could not understand why they were doing this. There were they were they there were six people in the room from uh, for the school and myself. I was overwhelmed and disoriented. He said the principal instructed the police officer to arrest him for oh theft God. and remove him from the premises. He was... Uh, charged with theft of movable property. They eventually dropped that, but he is—he still lost his job. No, it sounds like a simple misunderstanding. It you know? does. Oh, 
effing people. Right. Bitches. And there you go. That's what we have in the bizarre file for you this morning. Hi, Grandma. All right, let's uh, <laughs> take a quick break. Stay with us. Join Sarah tomorrow from 9 to 11 at Creekside Cabaret in Hatfield Township for an MMRBQ 2022 ticket raid. Creekside Cabaret is Montgomery County's only gentleman's club with drink specials every night. Amateur night the first Wednesday of the month with a $500 grand prize and adult star Giselle Blanco on April 20th. Very interesting uh, viral video over the weekend from a flight attendant. Her name is Kat Kamalani. Uh, she was uh, posting this just to kind of take a peek behind what goes on um, in the world of flight attendants. Which actually, and I had mentioned this before, you know, we sometimes have done the um, Confessions of segment um, I love on the show it. of yeah. uh, people who call in with a certain profession and tell things that we may not know or maybe some pretty wild stuff that you've seen or heard. I think TikTok stole it from us, Preston. Yeah. While on the job, yeah, and I wanted to do flight attendants. We just haven't had a chance to get around it. So if, if you want to you know, concur with this or add anything to it, feel free if you've worked in the industry uh, to give us a call this morning, 215-263-WMMR. Um, but uh, she says in the video, <clears throat> talking about what crew members are actually doing while they welcome passengers on board a plane. She said, have you ever walked on a plane and saw the flight attendants standing right there greeting you, which they always do. You know, they're always just kind of, hey, how you doing? Welcoming you in and so on. Giving you the once over. Uh, or the flight attendants walking up and down the aisle. And she says, well, I'm about to tell you uh, what we're really doing. And when I when I jump on, when I walk onto a plane and I see the flight attendants, I try to make eye contact and say hello. Yeah. Because you're going to be interacting with this person later on and that person may be helping you out. So I always try to Strike off, you know, step off on the right foot and, and have a connection. Do you get, I get full hugs. Do you do that? I yeah. haven't done that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now I will consider yeah. that. Ah. No, but uh, it's it's always because most likely you're going to be asking them for something at some point yeah. or, you know, they may ask you to do something or whatever it may be. So I always try to make a, a connection. I doubt that there is a connection because there's hundreds of people getting on board, but, you know. It, but on every flight it, you ever go trying. on, it, they have them lined up doing yeah. this. This is a standard. We do have the audio of the clips if you want to use them, President, if you want to read them, whatever your discretion. Uh, I'm just going to yeah. I'm gonna go through it. Sure. So according to uh, Kamalani, those are the moments that flight attendants are actually sizing up the passengers and looking for people who can help in case of an emergency. So that's part of what they're doing. They're they're not just saying hello and greeting you. They'll 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 see if you need some help or something like that. But also, what they're doing Can, is taking a look at you and seeing if you might be able to help if something happens. Right. And I think she referred to them as a- ABPs, a- able able body person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is correct. And so I've had that happen with. I'll actually, you know. Sp- uh, move my lips up and down and check my gums and everything. Oh, really? Look in here, take a good child wearing stock. And, and but no, but they they uh, wide hips. They'll they'll like they can pick pick this up and they'll have me curl some weights and stuff like that just right, to see right, and yeah. and then you know pull a fake bulkhead off. But uh, no, and um, but sometimes you will get that look. You know? Yeah. Uh, she says, so when you're walking on the airplanes and you see our happy smiley face, we're actually looking you up and down, and we're trying to find our ABPs. And what that is called is able-bodied people or person. Have you ever been on a flight where they were so overt as to put check marks on people's foreheads and X's on others? I've not seen that done. Yeah. No, but um, where's you know, my sheet? It's a give me a marker. It's a good way. 
Uh, she said, so this is these are people who are going to help us in an emergency. She added that uh, good examples of ABPs are military personnel, firefighters, pilots, police officers, nurses, and doctors. Uh, so she said, in case of an emergency, like a medical emergency, or we're going to land the plane, or this is a security breach, we know who's on our plane and who can help us out? Yeah, that never occurred to me. I, I, I'm no. the other thing you're going to mention that she mentions. I, I was aware of that, but that that does make sense. You would have to size up the crew, at least in a critical situation. Somebody you might be able to go to and get assistance because yeah. there's there is a limited amount of crew and far more passengers. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She's uh, also they're looking for one more thing. She said we're looking for human trafficking too. Yeah. Now you've you've had a couple yeah, stories about, about the different the different uh, signals, the different the things. Like there's, a, I guess they're putting a um, a code or a switch in the bathrooms. Well, no, that was a um, that was a kids uh, science project for Earth STEM. Uh, okay. So so they're you know that that was an idea that right, right, had yeah. that maybe sometime down the road they'll develop something like that. Uh, she, she said it happens a lot in the industry. And our passenger safety is our number one priority, so we're just looking for things uh, that that look off in any way, uh, which is wild. I've never been on a plane when there's been a disturbance. Uh, I mean, oh, I, yeah. I've, I actually, no, there's been a couple times where it's, I've heard people, uh, you know, at the end of a flight getting a little bit testy, uh, but I've never seen a full-blown, you know, yeah. people need to help out uh, type of thing happen. I've seen medical, medical emergencies. I've, medical seen, emergency? I've seen people pulled off flights. Yeah. Um, and Tell us what you saw. What was the medical emergency? Somebody just fell down in the aisle, fainted, you know, and they were, oh, wow. they were just, ter- it turned out they were just terrified of flying. Yeah. But they took them off the flight. They, no they, kidding. Well, they, they couldn't, they, what I understood to be the case is they couldn't, oh, she's passed this, out because of the flight, but they couldn't say, okay, well, let's take off. Even though you passed oh, so before you guys took off, right? Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. It's like, well, yeah, because something worse could happen. It could be something worse, yeah. and, and they didn't know. So, right. yeah, and that was the deal. But yeah, they they walked them out and then gurneyed them out. You okay. know, so it's wow. pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. And that would have, I'm that sure. Was that was years ago, though. And that was a big delay, too, right? Yeah. Your, your uh, flight got delayed? It actually was okay. Really? They got them out pretty quickly, yeah. Well, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I didn't consider that. So they're they're uh, they're uh, looking at people, trying to keep an eye on who might be able to help out in case uh, there's an emergency. I wonder if there's any other industry where they do something like that too, outside of a plane. I mean, it makes the most sense because you're going to be you're going to be sealed into this. You're going right. to be in there for a while. Right. Is it the same on a bus? Uh, yeah, I don't. No. I don't see that because they're they're coming and going so often. Yeah. You know, I'm, do you guys size people up when you're on a plane? Uh, I do. Okay. I I, I um um. I, I look around. Yeah, I do. I, do. I, I get a lay of the land. The, the well, weird, who am I going to have to eat? Yeah, the weirdest me crash in the Andes. <laughs> the weirdest thing I do, I think, when I'm getting on a plane is, um, is I, I try and I count how many like kids are on the plane, and I go, God wouldn't kill this many kids. You know, like yeah. I don't know why I think like that. I'm like, okay, no. Kids, you're my insurance policy in case the place plane goes down. Have a good flight. I'm like, no. There's God a decent amount of babies kill and kids. This many kids. <laughs> I walk around with a little salt shaker press and I put on top of people because there's never any tragedies where multiple kids. No, 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 no. There's everything that happens is for a reason. Right. <laughs> Hang on, I want to go to Keith, who's a flight attendant for five years. Hi, uh, Keith. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, bud. So, uh, what, what about this? Uh, are you familiar with this uh, this technique, this uh, tactic? Yeah, yeah. We always, um, especially when I sit at the exit door, uh, you know, I got to make sure who's ready to boogie, who's not. Right. You know, so I do brief everybody, make sure they're up to par. I even tell them, like, if I'm incapacitated, get me out of the seat and throw me down the slide. 
kind of freaks them out, and I like that, but it's yeah. the truth. Hey, Keith, are you guys trained to do that? Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. Yeah, and especially I wanted to chime in on the human trafficking. We're definitely, every year we brush up on that and what, what to look for, uh, especially if they're not holding their credentials or they don't know where they're going or they're not allowed to talk to us. Wow. So we yeah. always lean in on that, and uh, we even have a hotline we tell the pilot, and they'll be met at the gate once we land. Is there is there Keith a uh, like a like a, like a hand gesture or something? I, I saw a a, um, a video of um, I forget where what country it was from, but where uh, a gentleman's walking with a younger girl, and she does a hand gesture behind her back that is supposed to be an indication right. of human trafficking. It, it wasn't there a photo of Taylor Swift not too long ago where she was doing that in a picture and the internet yes. kind of went crazy over that? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So We're not trained on that hand gesture, but I think that's a very interesting I, I would prefer that the FAA look into a lot of what Taylor Swift recommends because I think that's how we're going to make the airways safe. No, no, it's uh, but it's, it's interesting. Keith, so I, I have a question for you. So I've, I've uh, when when I can, I will choose a seat in emergency. Uh, I've, I have long legs. I'm tall. I'm like almost you know I'm over right, six yeah, foot tall. Thanks. So I try to get that for for that reason. So I have a little more room to to stretch out. And and uh, pre flight. Uh, the flight attendant will come by and ask a couple of questions. Are you able to, you know, uh, perform this if, if you're called upon? And you have to give a verbal answer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of times where the other people sitting there will think that this is their time to joke around a little bit or something. Right. And, and while the flight attendant has flat out told them, I need to hear you say the word yeah. yes, you know. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, I don't know. If I don't like people, I may not blah, 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 blah. You know, this is a joke. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm thinking... Just answer the damn question. Right. Just answer. Just, just keep this simple for everybody. Yeah. And just, just answer. Just do it. Just say yes. It's really easy to do. Absolutely. And do you find people that are... That oh, are... I, re- I reseat people all the time. And, like, you know, as we're scouting out ABP coming on, well, I'm going to take one of them and put them there instead. Sorry you paid extra for that seat, but you're obviously not fit to sit here. You're a loser. Yeah. Have you, have you ever, though, and I am curious about this, impression that you have as well, because I, I have no problem sitting in that aisle. I'm, I'm gladly help out because I could, I'll have first dibs on the people I'm going to eat. So that's why. Yeah. But, but, but do you ever have someone who you're sure that they're saying yes to everything, but you just know in a crisis situation would be a mess? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But okay, hey, they followed the criteria. I, you know, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. But like, I had someone like see the empty row, and she's like, "My husband's really nervous. He just needs more space. Can he sit over there?" I'm like, "Ma'am, I'm sorry, but like, if he's really nervous, then I can't have him in charge of a yeah, you know, operating an exit. You know, sorry. Right. Would it behoove the airlines to do a quick crash simulation before every takeoff? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Right, right. <laughs> man, Dan, Dan, run! Keith, have you ever have you ever uh, had a medical emergency on a flight before? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're coming from L.A. to Philly. We had to divert to Denver. Twenty-four year old girl. Uh, you know, I, I paid for a doctor. Seventeen people stand up. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! All right, I just need one. Yeah. So the guy comes up. I'm like, okay, what's your credentials? I'm a dentist. <laughs> Oh, okay, my. Hermie, sit oh, down. <laughs> I mean, technically, yes. And yes. It was another guy a professor? You know, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I would uh, have You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a professor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a you need an emergency root canal. Is anyone a dentist? <laughs> yeah, I'm a doctor. Swollen arches. Could someone come into the first class section? <laughs> I'm a podiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Uh. Th- well. Yeah. I'm. I'm sure that. Uh, now, did you eventually find the uh, uh, the doctor you were looking for? 
Yeah, yeah. There was is a there a urologist nurse. She took over line. everything. Yeah. Like she was she was on it. Okay. You know, Dr. Mike was uh, actually uh, uh, was on a flight where they had a a medical crisis and he I think he revived the patient or something and stayed with the patient off the flight. It's it's what you have to do. I love that scene. in uh, I forget what scene. Is it an airplane where the uh, they're looking for a. And he's got his stethoscope on as she comes by. Yeah. All right, Keith, man. Thanks. We appreciate the call, bud. Thanks. All right. We'll see you later. Um, so, yes, ABPs, able body persons, they're looking for them. What did they tell us as well? There was another thing is concerning that where you never, never drink tap water off the plane. Yeah, out of the bathroom. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Because there's something funky about it. It's not, it's <laughs> it's, not meant for that. It's not meant for not that. for yeah. drinking. Uh, let me go to Dave. Hey, Dave, good morning. Oh, Preston. <laughs> so happy that someone holds me special like that. Hey, Dave, so what's the story? You, you uh, were on a flight when there was a medical emergency? I was flying on business with a, a co-worker, and we were getting ready to taxi away from the gate, and there was an elderly couple sitting in front of us, and we were back mid-cabin, maybe a little further back than that, and he had a heart attack. Ooh. And we, we recognized it, and we got it before the soreness did, and we got him out of his chair, got him down on the floor, and we performed CPR, and they stopped everything. They got him off the flight. We sat back down. We're getting, we're waiting to taxi out, and the stewardess comes back, and she points, and she says, you two, come with me. And we're thinking, oh, man, what's, what's going to happen now? Right. We get up, we walk up, they put us in first class as a reward. Oh, okay. That's pretty sweet. Was it a long flight? Uh, Texas. Nice. So paying that guy to fake a heart attack was worth it. That was totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder, so in, in those wow, cases. Nice, Dave. Thanks, man. If you do, if you were, like at the beginning of a flight, like with the girl that I saw who fainted, what, in other words, anything that is a medical issue like that, especially now with the way people are litigious, they, they took her right off. They couldn't yeah. take the risk. If you exhibit anything like that, do they automatically remove you from the flight? I think you would have to before you disembark, right? I, w- I would think so. Why, why would you then, take the then risk? If they, if they do end up dying on the flight, right. their family's going to hold you for neglect. Right. You know, so I would think that that would be, I'm guessing, Steve, that that would be some sort of protocol. I guess it would depend on... Uh, you know what symptoms you're showing at the time. Like if if you're crowning, will they let you on the flight? God. No, probably not. <laughs> well, I hope so. It puts it puts on a show for everybody. Uh, I'm going to go to Sean. Hey, Sean. Good morning. Good morning, it, Preston. Good morning, it, sir. What's up, man? Hey, I was on a flight about 15, 16 years ago from Philly to Cancun, and about an hour before we landed in Cancun, they were they were over the intercoms. Looking for doctors. I mean, anybody looking for doctors. We didn't know what was going on. But we landed in Cancun, and we were stuck on the tarmac for about an hour before we get off. We found out a 38-year-old guy uh, had a massive heart attack an hour before we landed, and he passed away. There was not one doctor on a flight. He actually died, this guy. Oh, no. We have an update. We are now looking for a mortician. Wow. (laughs) So, Sean, how how did you not know... While on the flight, were you just at, at the complete opposite end of the aircraft? Yeah, we were on the opposite end of the aircraft, but there was such confusion that the stewardess and everything were running all over <sighs> the place. We saw a group of people on the back of the plane, but we had no idea what was going on. They called for a doctor. We knew something was wrong. Right. But when we landed, everybody was like, what's going on? We can't get out of the plane. What's going on? And they had told us the gentleman had passed away. They said, that's, you know, that's what happens. 
We, oh, we talked man. about that. It's, 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 a, it's a sad story there, Sean. When, when someone does die on a flight, um, they will... And we, I think we asked this question before, and I don't know if we ever got a resolution to the, uh, to the question. Where they put the body? Right. So I know sometimes they will actually set it in a seat, but do they... <laughs> they put glasses and a hat on it, Steve. Like a so, nose? Yeah, yeah. So it just looks like, they, uh, like they're <laughs> like, sleeping. Like, like uh, Commando. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, he's, uh, he's dead. He's dead. Yes. dead tired. He's dead tired. Yeah, that's a plane because I actually killed him. <laughs> well, you, you and then he jumped yeah. out of that plane before yeah. it took off. It was only like 2,000 feet in the air yeah. out the wheel well. I yeah. always jump out the wheel well. <laughs> I can do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, there's really, I mean, there's... Where would you put them? Overhead. Uh, what about... Uh, what we about? Need, we need passengers to remove their... <laughs> yeah. Uh, As dead bodies may have jostled during landing. Oh, um, c- could Could they have access to the, l- to the luggage area, you know, b- below deck? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, could, they, they just, could they throw them out? <laughs> <laughs> they, they tether them to the back of the plane and just... To... <laughs> like, uh, just married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gonna be, it's going to be a rough landing. Right. Wow. Jesus. Uh, I would not want to be the person sitting next to a dead body. No. You know what? And here's a question. If Unless you, they gave me free headphones. If you are a doctor, um, would it make sense for you to, as you're getting on board, to let the flight attendant know, hey, just let you know I'm a medical Probably. doctor. I'm a dentist. <laughs> I want to, yeah. If anyone yeah. needs crowns or anything during the flight, <laughs> I'll bet you that's a, that might be something that doctors will do from time Can to time. Can anyone aboard the flight perform Zoom whitening? <laughs> <laughs> I really want white teeth after this flight. Well, I know some people, depending on your profession, have to check in. So that's true. Have to check in with who they are. So as radio personalities, we often do that. Hi, right? I just yeah. want to let you know I'm here. I'm, I'm on a the broadcaster. Flight. If you need anything Wait. announced or any contests wrong, <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, listen, it might be more fun. I could do like a, you know what I mean? Like a, a little contest on the plane for the passengers. Give me anyone aboard who can give away Dunkin' Donuts gift certificates. <laughs> oh, that's great. But I mean, there are, she's right. There are, there are, I, I wonder if you do have to. Hi, I'm a stand-up comedian. I just right. want to let you know if things Thanks for coming. Jokes. get a little bit light, uh, I can uh, I can jump up. They used to have those, you know. They used to have stand-up comedians perform on uh, flights. I forget Seriously. which airline was doing it. It used to be like from a New York to Miami run, or like a it might even yeah. have been Philadelphia to Miami. But they would have, yeah, they'd have a stand-up comedian. Yeah, Southwest, yeah. right? Weren't they a little bit uh, light well, on there? They were trying some different things. Their their flight attendants would be fun. On yeah, yeah, their announcements and and uh, they would you they know, would decorate the dead bodies. I, I some I remember seeing videos of some that would like sing and and just kind of have a good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Kathy, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, like, what, what? Give me an example of a profession that might need to check in. Like, I believe any type of law enforcement. Um, or if you work for the the federal government in that you know in that type of way, and especially if you're carrying on the plane, you have they have to know that you've got you know you've got a gun on you. Oh yeah, I've yeah. got a bazooka. <laughs> it's in my bag. But I think um, uh, so not like an air marshal, but like you know somebody that might be able to help in that way. Right. Okay. All right. I have a doctor here. Uh, it's Doctor V who has an interesting uh, take on flying. Hi, Doctor V. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, uh, man? Are, are you a medical doctor, by the way? I am. I'm a medical doctor. I'm a cardiologist. Okay. okay. And over the last 20 years, I was getting called up so frequently on planes for various things that I actually got nervous about flying because half the time I was flying with my family, I get called up there for medical emergencies. And typically, it's been you know the usual passing out kind of thing, which is more benign. And they're not always taking out an ambulance. 
fact, most of the time they're not taking out an ambulance at all for those kind of benign situations. But, but at least half the time it's been major serious things like a stroke. Oh. So, for example, 20 years ago, I was coming back from Amsterdam from a bachelor party, and we were about three or four hours over the Atlantic Ocean, and we get called up for uh, a uh, passenger in first class. And about three or four of us stood up there, and um, this first guy was dressed to nine with his jacket and tie, and he turned up to be an OBGYN guy, so he sat down quickly. And uh, me and my friend, who had just come back from this uh, uh, party in Amsterdam, uh, we're both cardiologists, and he was all hung over, so he said, you take care of this. <laughs> and this poor guy is sitting there in first class, stroked out for at least an hour, and this young kid is sitting next to him. This guy's covering his own urine, hasn't told anybody, so I have no idea how long this guy's been uh, stroking out for. And so I'm on the tower with Boston at that time. You know, we're over the Atlantic Ocean. And I'm talking to this doctor there, and he's telling me all kinds of ridiculous things to do. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And uh, so I had to make decisions to reroute to Boston or not. But by that time, we were so far outside of the TPA window for giving thrombolytic therapy that we couldn't have really made a difference going to Boston as opposed to just coming back to Philadelphia. Mm. So I had us go straight to Philadelphia, and he obviously got off the plane in an ambulance. Oh, wow. I don't really know what, what, what happened to him in the end, but he was alive when he got off the plane. Well, we, we, we only hope the best, but it doesn't sound like it got off to a promising start. So, so that's an interesting situation to put yourself in, Dr. V. Are there any concerns about, you know... <laughs> Uh, number one, it might be outside your area of expertise. You might not have the equipment that you need to to treat this person properly. Are are, are there concerns? I don't want to uh, to seem indelicate, but but like you know, insurance wise or or, or liability wise, yeah. uh, that helping out might be bad for you. You know. So so there was a time that was probably true, but there's a good Samaritan law that if you offer uh, medical care uh, in good conscience, uh, that you are uh, actually not held liable. Okay. So, so that's not, you know, I, I mean, I think hopefully we don't think like that anyway. But, you know, we want to help in the first place. Sure. Uh, but it, it was also surprising with that flight from Amsterdam how bad the equipment really is. You know, you can barely hear anything with a blood pressure cuff there. Um, so the equipment is really horrible. I think in the last 10 years it's gotten a bit better. Hey, so by the way, that you, you had mentioned not wanting to do stuff this doctor was suggesting. Were, was he suggesting some, like, invasive things that were a bit... No, no, no. He was he was suggesting me making this guy drink water. You know, you don't want to do that when the guy can't even probably swallow properly. Right. So, you know, he's not telling me to do the basic things like give him aspirin or something like that, which is obviously the right thing to do. Well, like, like, you, like you wouldn't know to do that. I mean, yeah. that, that's... Um, <laughs> have, have you tried a yeah. Zerbert? Yeah. You know, he's asking <laughs> right. for yeah, ridiculous yeah. things. Yeah. Blow on his stomach. Yeah. Have you asked him how he's feeling? Right. Wow! Right. Interesting. So, so when you step on a plane now, uh, you're 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 kind of in a mental state of okay, I might be called into action here. Even my wife is like that. She's a doctor too, but she's like, oh boy, here we. Yeah, you can't even you can't even relax and have a few cocktails because you might be called yeah. in. One time, in fact, twice in the same flight, I was called within an hour for two people passing out. Does this make you envious of proctologists because they never get called up? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Interesting. All right. Thank you, Doctor V. We appreciate the call. Wow. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I thank could see that be traumatic if you get you you're, you're on a flight and yeah. But but I mean, you obviously you want to inter. That's why you became a doctor. You want to exactly help save people. Yeah. Let me go to Matt, who is also a doctor. Matt, you're on the air. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Good. So, uh, doctor, have you been called up to uh, you know use your services or pre- perform your services on a plane? Uh, yes. I was on a flight to Hawaii. We had flown out of Dallas, and we had just gotten out uh, past Los Angeles, out over the ocean, over the middle of nowhere. And uh, they 
they had the lights dimmed uh, for the flight. They turned them up all of a sudden, you know, made the announcement, uh, there's a patient with a medical emergency, is there a doctor on board? And I got up. I was the only one to get up on the whole plane. <laughs> got marched down to the back uh, where the stewardess is, uh, you know, keep uh, marched to the back and found this young woman uh, just lying on the floor. <sighs> and fortunately, you know, all the worst-case scenarios go through your head, but fortunately we... You know, were able to revive her pretty quickly, and wow. turned out she was a uh, military army uh, young woman uh, who was on her way to Hawaii and just been awake for 10, 12 hours. Okay, so it was exhaustion? And, and you know, she just passed out, just fainted, and she was okay, but hmm. you know, it goes through your head all these worst-case scenarios that you're not going to be able to do anything to help with. Right. It's a little scary. Yeah. And, you know, they do have equipment on board, like oxygen, uh, stethoscope, some medicines. But, Defibrillator, um, stirrups, <laughs> stirrups, yeah, you never know, you might need one of those. Um, so, Matt, do you ever do you ever let them know, uh, the flight attendants, as you're getting on board, you're a doctor in case there's anything, or is it just... No, never have. Okay. Um, it just, uh, just that one time, you know, they asked. And yeah. are, you, are, you, are, are you required by law to say if you are? Um, I... I I don't believe that you are required to act, but um, you know the law does protect you if you do act. Okay. So, All right. Know, Interesting. All right. American laws where you are protected even if there's a bad outcome. I would would they protect you if you were not a doctor and said you were? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not that. Okay. All right. Good to know. Okay. Thank you, man. A cardiologist. Yeah, Steve, that's a good question. If, if, yeah. uh, if, if, if an emergency request had been put out... Right. You're a medical doctor. You're on that flight, and you don't speak up if later on right. you could get in trouble you're just for that. Raising your in-flight magazine yeah, up just high. above your head. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading Sky Mall. I can buy a Sasquatch for my garden. <laughs> wow, interesting. All right, so the next time that you're taking a flight and you're 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 watching the flight attendants as right. they're as they're greeting everyone on board. Um, this is apparently part of what they're doing is looking out for what they call ABPs, able-bodied people or persons. Lean in and go, I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they might need help to the radio. In a variety of, uh, of emergencies, like a medical emergency or uh, there's a disturbance or someone needs to run a contest. So we, <laughs> exactly. so we, the radio anyone run a contest? personalities can come up and do something like that. Can they, anyone call for the 15th caller? <laughs> Right here, ma'am. I can help. I can do that. I'm a professional yep. broadcaster. Yep. Yeah. Professional broadcaster. Don't, you don't want to do 10. It seems desperate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Interesting peek into that world. All right. Well, thank you for your calls. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. 93.3 WMMR presents Concert Cash. You could win 500 bucks. Plus a pair of tickets to the MMRBQ May 21st. Weekdays at 8 a.m., 10, and noon. Then 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. Listen for the Concert Cash sounder. When we'll give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Or enter it on our website or app to get in the running for the $10,000 grand prize every time you play. The official rules and details at WMMR.com. Free MMRBQ tickets and cash to blow at the show. On merch, adult beverages, or whatever you want. It's MMR's Concert Cash. Sponsored by AAA Distributor on Grant Avenue. In stock, kitchen, bath, and flooring products. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 
My dad has really bad nose hair problems. <laughs> Does he? Yes. And I've never really said anything to him about it. And I think it's because he's an age where he just doesn't care anymore. Do you, you know think he I mean? would not hear you through the hair? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But uh, I find it gross. Do you Have you so inherited this problem? I, I do have nose hairs. Yes. And and every once in a wake, great while, I might be like rubbing my nose like I just did. Yeah. And I'll feel like, oh, my God, there's a hair hanging out of my nose. To me, it's it's like hair out of the ears. It's <laughs> oh. it, it just, it's horrible. I, I don't understand. I understand why you have the hair in your nose, and it serves a purpose. I would, I used to, like, reach up here like this and would pluck one at a time. <laughs> um, and I was told that that's not a good thing. It's to not do. a oh, really? good thing to do. Yeah. So you can cause infection. infections, yeah. right? Yeah. So then I bought the uh, I bought the which those is what things. I use, and uh, and those work. They work great. But I was intrigued by the notion that Kathy had floated. Where did you get? Why do you have this product? So for whatever reason, and I don't know if it was be uh, who knows, probably because Alexa's listening or something yeah. like that. I, I don't know. But a friend of mine, uh, she did this, and as a joke, she sent a picture to us because she was going on a date. So she was like, "Hey, took care of everything, including the nose hairs," and, and and she sent like the residual from after doing this. Well, after she sent that, I'm seeing it all over social media now. People trying this kit. So I, I don't know if it's How new. Much hair- or- I'm just what, seeing it or what? How much hair did it look like she was holding two gerbils or so, what? Was, yeah, like it was. I can show you the picture. It was a decent amount of hair, and I was did like, "Did you be pulling that God. much hair out of your nose?" Well, that's the thing too. They always say that you're supposed to, yeah. you know. Now you don't want it hanging out of your nose, right. but that it it's is disgusting. There for a reason. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure, but I mean, it'll grow back, so we can try it. I right. try yeah. to keep my nose relatively groomed. I, I don't like the hairs poking out either, Kathy. I think it's it's gross. Uh, but Steve, you know, I had that ENT appointment a month or so ago, right, and, yeah. I, and I passed out. They did the camera up my nose. Before I passed out, I was shocked at the amount of hair that I saw the camera navigating its way through to get the back of my nose and then down my throat. I was like... That's the purpose. Yeah, but I was was looking at it and I was like, I thought I did a good job of grooming. And there's all of these freaking hairs hanging out there. You you, you don't want it extending out the end of the... I just used... I have a sharper image... That I go, you know, the little, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and it's wonderful, and it kind of tickles my nose, it makes me sneeze sometimes. But um, I do. That's how I groom. I don't have a very thick hair issue, but I, when I see like a, a really old dude with like, uh, you know, yeah. with two hamsters sticking out of his nose, well, that, I don't. It's disgusting. That's like my dad too, Preston, and I have already gave him the yeah. the sharper image thing. Like, and, and he didn't he's use like, it. Well, I was like, Dad. The one day I was like, Dad, where's that thing that I gave? Did he you? break it? Did, did you use it? He goes. No, I think it's in my top drawer. I was like, oh, well, get it out that. of your top drawer and use it. Right, yeah. right, right. Why don't you whack that stuff back a bit? Uh, you can also use it on your ears, by the way, too, which is what I do. So I've purposely let my uh, let my nose hairs go okay. for the past couple weeks or so when Kathy first brought this up. Are you styling it? <laughs> but you know, you, you, have, you have a mustache. I do. So I wouldn't yeah. notice... Right. On a cleanly um, shaven upper lip, it might be more pronounced, but to me, it would just blend with your actual mustache. Preston, hey. this kit also comes with mustache stencils if you'd like Ooh. to do that. Ooh. What the hell is that about? In case you want to draw on a mustache. mustache. <laughs> hey, we're streaming this on uh, our Facebook page right now. Oh, uh, all right. Oh, okay. For all Great. the people that want to watch. Hey, want to watch an old man rip his nose hairs out? Hey, listen, we got our... Uh, your dream has come true. Colonoscopy <laughs> endorsement, and right. we have this. Right. Yeah. Every so, so Marissa brought the wax. I think that we shouldn't wait too long. What do we do? It is going to dry out. It All won't right. dry out that quick, and you do have to be careful because I don't want you to burn the inside of your nose. What do I do? Right. Okay, so you're going to take the little applicator, yeah. all right, and 
you're going to stick it in the wax and you're going to kind of turn it. You want to get enough on there that when it goes up to your nose, it goes up your nose, it's going to uh, reach all walls. Okay. Like all that, walls. That so, so, no, you, here, I'm going to come over there. You need a little more than that. All right. Kathy's going to help. I can, I can make it happen. Do your sugar walls. I also think maybe um, it looks like it's a little okay. thin. Yeah. So it, so it might need to, it actually might need to add uh, flour. Dry. No, cool. no, dry out a little bit. It might too be too cool hot. A little bit. You don't, want, you don't want to put burning hot wax up your nose. Yeah, Kathy, now look. There you go. That All right. Perfect. Do I okay. shove it up my nose? Okay, so just let it drip off and, and kind of rotate it. Spin it in a circle okay. until it's finished dripping. Right. Okay? <laughs> Nick, spin yours in a circle. until Nick's going to do it, too, until it yeah, stops dripping. Oh, Nick's doing this as well. as well. All right, so listen, before you put it in, listen to the instructions. When, when you put it up your nose, as you put it in, you're going to rotate it slowly as uh, it's going into the nose. But once it's up there, don't move it. How then far it, up in do I go? Um, to the so brain. There's a little stopper there, so you can push it up until that. that I'm adding a little more uh, wax to it. That white disc uh, gets to your nostril. Can I when go? You, you okay? Yeah, go ahead. Is it hot? Stick it up there. No, it's warm like uh, like tea. All right, stop moving it, Nick. <laughs> it's warm like it's pie. Warm like tea. That, that's very attractive. So why just leave that in? You look like a bizarre walrus. <laughs> All right, so then it says the. Oh, Preston has a lot on there. Oh, jeez, yeah. that's okay, fine. So, so I twirled it a little. Twirl? Leave it. Now leave no, it. It's like stuck. Don't move it. Okay, don't move it. Now you don't want to move it, and it says to wait like a minute, okay? okay? And then we're when you yank it out... It's like glue. <laughs> He's so nervous. Oh, you, look, you guys look like unawalruses. When you yank it out, like, don't... I know. you, it, don't you got to yank it. Don't yeah. hold Casey back. Casey, do it? It's got to... Should I have Casey do it? Yeah, if you um, want yeah, to. Do Why don't you tie it to a doorknob and slam it shut? Did you do right or left? I did right. Yeah, same. So did you. You right. went deeper than I did. Did I? Nick, yeah. Nick, I bet you for you to push on your pole there. God, you, Nick, oh Nick God. everything on your head is huge. <laughs> this can't, this, I can't possibly put this all Nick away. has the entire this, assembly. This, this all the way. If Nick. Assassinate me for this thing. I've never done it before. No, it is huge. If you push on it, I'm sure you'll 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 start to remember things from your early childhood. <laughs> the applicator is all the way in his. It's nostril. touching his brain. I think it's been a minute. All right, I think that you guys can yank now. All right, no, okay. no. You ready? Yeah, I'm gonna have Casey do. It. You do yours first. All right, all right. one, <laughs> two, three. Did it hurt? No, it didn't hurt. It, it barely registered. All right. All right. Any I, hair? Listen. No. I thought you had like the Amazon up your nose. Know. Nick had it up to his cerebellum. I'm going to have Casey do this. Wait until I, I say so three. <laughs> okay. I promise. I promise. I, I said promise. <laughs> and I promise? promised. You promised when we were bowling that one time. That was different. That didn't involve pain. There is and no we way. we were competing against each other. There's no way he's so. going to wait. There's no way. I know he's not. He's not going to win. Yes, I am. No. Watch. No. <laughs> I'm going to do it. No, I'm doing it. No, I need to prove myself. I need to prove myself. There's no way in hell. Please. I, Can I trust please. you? Trust him. Please. <laughs> okay. Don't make me do this. He's no, convinced me. I'm not going to do it. I'm not okay. going to do it. One, two, three. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. No, he almost put it in his mouth. All right, what does oh it look God. like? Is, is there, there anything hair? on it? Dude, your nose hair is white, bro. Yeah, it is. You're right. Oh, my God. Is yeah. it a lot? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of hair. Nick, you didn't put enough you glue on there, dude. On. I guess. Whoa, no, but how could, how could Nick have not had any? The thing was all think... the way up his nose. Oh, this is solidified now. I should have done yeah. both of them at the same time. Oh, oh man. I think we can... Reheat. Reapply. I'm getting uh, some Nick, on I here, but it's going to be all right with this. Yeah, see, it's too hard. All right, we'll be right back. No, yeah, this is right. like this what, is solid. What are you microwaving, Marissa? Marissa, here, you want a new one too? I need to trim. Uh, I need oh. a knife. 
All right, yeah. what about rectally? I need a knife or something. Uh, I got some. I have a knife in my... I always keep a blade on me. The blade just on just me. To, to, to cut off your nose wax? Wow. that. Nick, how the hell did you get that all the way up your nose? <laughs> well, I wasn't looking in a mirror, so in my defense, <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> I, and so Nick? Nick didn't have enough wax on his. Oh, so that's how he was able to get seven inches of it up his nose? Well, well no, really, though, because his nostrils are bigger, so you need a little more on there so it hits the wall. I think so. It's all about touching. And the same could be said for, for intercourse. It's the same thing. It's got to, you have to have it touch all the walls. I'm going to press some whittling. My nose is a little runny now. Is it? Can you make Is it me? Bleeding? Can you whittle me a little duck? Hang on, I can't whittle you a duck. Hang on. <laughs> All right, there we go. Um, no. Oh, it's is not it now? Running. It's not running anymore. Do, do you feel? Does it feel cleaner to breathe through? <laughs> it feels. Uh, yeah, it feels. Um, it feels shorn. It's yeah. shorn. Yeah, it feels. Is there well. anything like? Did you get everything out? I Was there so. snot on it? Well, I can't. You'd have to look up in there, Kathy. No, that's right. I'd have to <laughs> yeah. do that. Does it come with a pen light, Kathy? Yeah, this was, uh, there's a fair amount of hair on this thing. What about loogies? Uh, no, yeah. there's no, no, uh, no nasal material other than hair. Wow. Okay. So, all right, I'm, I'm impressed. Hey, wait a second. That works. There's a gold doubloon. It's here. <laughs> I didn't even know that was in there. Um, all right, try the next, the other nostril. She's heating up the, um... I assume yeah, we're using the wax. Well, I need right? more. Yeah, this yeah is she's more. reheating the wax, or she's gonna. We, I gave her a new cup too. So. Tell her not to go near the uh, the the coffee carafe because someone keeps shutting off the burners. <laughs> yeah, Steve, this stuff is solid plastic now. Wow, that's just, that's that's what this. That's not is waxy that... material. That's like really solid. So wow. regular wax when you do a Brazilian is wax, is it not? Yeah, it's like a paraffin. Yeah, it's like uh, a glue. No, it's wax. It's wax. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but. It's got a okay. Well, has what like a it's got to be sticky. like like right. more so than a candle wax. Like candle wax is well, still yeah. you can you can you know you can carve it easily. You could you can take your fingernail and run it through there. This is like different. Solid. This is like concrete. All right. So uh, Marissa just came in. She has newly heated material. Nick is going to shove that um, <laughs> thing all the way up his brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to go balls deep. <laughs> oh, Marissa's helping him out here. All right, she's, here we I go. think she's doing a better job of getting the wax on. Doesn't it kind of look like chickies and peach cheese? Cheese. It yeah. Looks yeah. Like yeah. Mm, that's why yeah, I, I show, me, show me wax on, Marissa. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what, Marissa, I stuck some in. I took it out and let it cool off a little bit, and then I put it back in there, and it was able to get more on it. Right. I got more on it than that. You got yeah. more on that? He got a big, a big glob, Nick. Yeah. Okay. So kind of put it in there and twirl it a little bit now that you've got a layer on it. Like you're making cotton candy. Is that kind of solid? It looks yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. working. Now it's getting stuck. All right. Here we All go. right. Then you better do All it. All right. Now yeah. stick that up. I need I need more. I, I, I'm not doing you're, just one. You're nostril. addicted now, aren't um, you? She's bringing it. You have to, we have to heat these one at a time because right. we have to go over this little. <laughs> there you go, in. Nick. There right. you go. Much better. Okay. okay. All right. But looks like snot hanging out of his nose. What? <laughs> All right. So I have my wax. You mean this isn't attractive to you, Kathy? <laughs> this look. Right. Now you, Preston, is going to do his left nostril. Correct. Ooh, correct. Yeah. All right. And hopefully with the same results. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Would you ever consider oh, dyeing your nasal hairs? Big old glob on here. Oh boy. Right, let me, and I'm gonna let this cool just a smidge because yeah, yeah. that is hot. That actually looks good. So mm. just keep, it does look like icing. Yeah, it does look like icing. So like keep rotating that applicator, and once it stops dripping, you should be good to put. And it once it's it, when it, <laughs> when it's in your nose, you know well, twist it. Like, I know, right? No, 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 no. Quick question, if I may, when it's in my nose. Oh, Nick, don't move it. Don't now. touch it. Okay. All right. It seems it's cooling in my nose as we speak. I think it's good. Think, you think it's good? Yeah. I jam that in there. Jam it. Oh, this one's hotter. All right, that's good. So hot. It just fell out? That's not good. It fell out. 
Oh, yours isn't good. No, it didn't Preston, pull out any ears that time either. Get, get Preston's wax. Here, you can use your Yeah, you might want to hurry on that because it's cooling quickly. Well, how does Nick, Nick, you, you, you probably need to put like on two to three pounds to fit, fit it in your nose snugly. Well, He's having some performance issues. Yeah. yeah. I've been doing a lot of push-ups. Even nostrils are too big. Yeah. You need, you need Eddie, the new C-ring for your nose. Got that? All right. Is it coming out? Kathy's putting on the wax this time around. Yeah. All, right. All right. It Mine's... does smell kind of nice, right? What does it, it smell like? It doesn't smell bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's it's kind of vanilla-y, maybe? I wonder if you'll yes. find it enhanced. Your your olfactory capabilities will be enhanced after this. Somebody says, make sure you use the balm after you wax your nose hair. There is I'm, no balm. I love waxing my nose hair. It's very smooth after. It's, it's the balm. <laughs> I have no balm. No, it didn't come with balm. Uh, I'm going to try... Uh, I think you're good now, Preston. I'm going to try yanking my own. You don't want to have uh, Casey do it? No, he already did. He did a good job, did but did I just want to see if I All right. can do it. You know how your body prevents you from harming yourself? Yeah, yeah. It, usually. Usually. I'm going to see if I can do this on my own. Okay, I think you think I'm ready, Kath? Yeah, I think you're ready. Okay. All, right. All right, one, two, three. Oh, 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 oh that, that hair. hurt. You're oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that looked painful. Well, look at I heard all it. the hair on this one. Oh, oh my God. God. Are you yeah, wow. It looks like a ball sack. Jesus <laughs> it Christ. Does. It does. It looks like a <laughs> That is a ball sack. <laughs> There's like a really long ones. Oh, my yeah. God, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, oh you God. flinched. When you pulled it out, you looked like it hurt. That Preston, I wonder if one of those went down to your nutsack. Yeah, maybe. Wow, you pulled out a ball hair. Wow. <laughs> he actually pulled a ball hair out through his nose. That's how good this stuff is. Hi, I'm Preston Elliott. I'm here for the... What is this product called, by the way? Oh, oh Marissa took it. Um, okay. I forget. Hey, that's... Listen. Yeah. I'm, I'm what do you board. think? I am on board for that. now. So now what I need is... Um, a I need, ball. I need a mirror. I need to be able to see my... Uh, Look up in... in I want to you, there's a mirror on your desk, right? Uh, yes. Can uh, uh, you mind, Connor? Thank you. Bring me a mirror. Please. I want to see. Um, what is the most painful beauty procedure you've ever done? Oh, I hate eyebrows. And I know it doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but when they tweeze and wax my eyebrows, it like I have to take a deep breath and I, they t- I make them say, okay, ready? Three, two, one. And then I have to I like exhale when they pull it off. To me... That hurts so so bad. So, w- w- do you have Ashley Gallo do it? Uh, yes, yeah, she she does it. I I'm, yeah. Wait I mean, I've minute. been. You have a little vanity on your on yes. Your desk? Oh yeah, you can plug that in if you want a light. Oh too. my god! <laughs> She's, you got to see her little I area over there. Handheld no, mirror. No, no, no. There no. is like a, a handheld mirror <laughs> with lights on it. She sits oh there. She she Sometimes we need to do our makeup here. You can't do makeup in that office. The lighting is terrible. <laughs> They're all color coordinated. <laughs> you look like the most vain bastard on earth. Dude. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? It, it looks excellent. Would you F your nose? <laughs> Hang on, can I see this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would. I definitely would. I definitely so hard. I would have all the time. I would, um, F, I would F my nose. In my right nostril, I only see... One solitary hair that is deep in there. Well, you know what? That's the wow. lo- that's the loneliest hair. Then, yeah, you took wow. away all his friends. So, by wow. the way, we're using the Charmonic nose hair wax kit for Charmon. men and women. Charmonic. Okay. Hi, I'm Michael Jackson, <laughs> and I'd like to recommend you the Charmonic hair removal system. Charmonic. I hate it when older boys Charmonic. look old. <laughs> oh my 
Are you yanking on that? No, I, so now some of the wax is in my mustache, and it looks like a booger hanging out. No, no, that's totally counterproductive. Um, Kathy, this, this, mirror, this mirror is hilarious. <laughs> we need to take a picture of Kathy's uh, little boutique desk in her office. Yeah. It's adorable. Oh, that's the it. rose we put bowl. It on, oh, did we? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we did it a, a while ago. It's got a little... Because you said it looked like a dorm room. <laughs> oh, it did. So it's a USB cord. I can't. Yeah. I can plug this into my laptop. Yeah. Your computer, and you All get light. There you go. Now, now yeah. Preston, make sure that it's the appropriate day. You you don't want to look like a whore when you put your makeup on. <laughs> look at that. Look at oh that. Oh, my God. Look at that. Oh. It's lit up around the perimeter, just like a nightmare. Look, look at you, Kathy. You have all that stuff there. Well, listen, sometimes I have to do my makeup here, and like I said, you can't do it. The The lights in this horrible. building are I hate horrible, those lights. So. I hate those lights in our office. I We used to have more oh. low-key lights that were a little more conducive to not... Passing out from the hum of the fluorescent lights, they're horrible. <laughs> Kathy, now I'm looking yeah. at the uh, I'm looking at the magnified yeah. one. Yeah. I need to do this again. Oh, you do? Yeah, I got to go deeper. There's, All right. Oh, really? Then let's yeah. do it. Can we fry up some more wax? Nick's right. got uh, Nick's got it in there now. Yeah, I got left one now, and this one's working better than the right. last time I did it. Nick, Nick has Nick. You have one nostril is incredibly large, and the other one's small. Well, one of them has a giant device in it right now too. <laughs> So that but probably distorts the size. No, I mean, you're... <laughs> no, you're, you're the, actual... the same, I have the same size nostrils, No, that one is completely out of whack. <laughs> you're just tuning in. We're waxing our nose hairs. Nick um, has bizarrely different nose portals. I think the app... Either, either Nick has really gigantic nostrils or mine are small, which I wouldn't doubt because I have small ear holes, too, because yeah. the uh, you know little earbuds, they don't fit in my ears. No, really? Uh, because Nick was able to put the actual box up his nose. <laughs> this should go. This should go deeper. Uh, in order to get all that hair. All right, Nick, I think that you might be good. You, you want to pull it? Yeah, pull oh, it. Uh, no, I'm nervous. Right. You do it. Go ahead. You can... Uh, one. Oh, God. Two, three. Oh, God. Oh, you heard that. You heard that. got him. He's hurting. <laughs> oh, you okay, dude? Yeah. Uh, did he get hair? Uh, yeah, that one worked. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. His is wow. not white. His is black. Yeah, and and <laughs> whatever I did the second time around there's was brain much on more that. effective. Yeah, there's a there's little, optic nerve on that. Little bitty pieces of brain on here. Brain matter. Preston, there's a little bit of optic nerve on Nick's. <laughs> now, do we, uh, Kathy? When we're done, we put them in the fridge, right? And save them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. In your one year Nick, anniversary. <laughs> Nick, in the summer, you pop those in the freezer, and the kids have something to eat. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Somebody texted and said there are videos of the, of people uh, doing the nose waxing thing and pulling out what looks like a, a Q-tip at the end of their... Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know if I want to see all that. <sighs> uh, somebody says, uh, let's see, realize wearing a mask outside will help cold air... Wait, that's not what? what <laughs> Pollen will annoy your nostrils now. Now your bacteria slash infection rate will go up. All right. Oh, great. No, we'll go down wearing we'll a mask. Down. Till some hair regrows, keep wearing your mask. That's some from Sabrina. So by removing the nostrils, you're because you're you're I mean, removing the nostrils, removing the nose hair, you're uh, removing a filter. Yeah, that's essentially what right. the nose hair yeah. is, right? It's a filter yeah. for when you're breathing, right? And they oh, say that you know, listen, you, you want to look beautiful. Yeah, I think once was enough. I don't think I need to do that again. Like I'll just I'll stick with plucking and or trimming. Right. You know, like, like you, are you wouldn't make this a regular no. thing. Would you? No. Okay. No, are you going to so. remove that one lone hair? Uh, I'm going to say if Marissa's warm. Is. is she more? I'll, yeah. I'll do it again. All right. You know what? I'll do two at the same time. Oh, oh my god. god! Oh my god! You crazy? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Do you, you ever know that you're my hero? No. You think the other side needs some too? Yeah, I think. Well, see, you didn't I, do it right. I used your magnifying glass. Yeah. 
And I think, actually, I think what it is, I need to get deeper in there, and I don't think I'll be able to get any more. I'll try. People throw the word courage around. Right. <laughs> but you know what? And they don't really understand the meaning. And what we're seeing here today, this is courage. Mm. Preston, that might be okay because you're not going to have nose hairs that are visible that people can see, but you still have the protection oh, way up there. Wait a oh, second. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't do more. Mm. Well, no, no. You, you know what you want. It's your body, your choice. <laughs> hey, um, can you use it on your ears? Uh, this one is just nose, but I'm sh- case. Let me see if they have an earwax. I, I I would imagine they they it's probably a, discourage you from sticking anything in your ear. Yes, yeah, but you can jam anything you want up your nose. Yeah. Um, but there is you've seen the things that have where they have the the little trigger mechanism and you you flush the warm water into your ear and the solution that gets mm-hmm. the earwax out. Doctor Mike would say though that um, you know the, all of that. There should be some wax in there, and yeah. as with the nose hairs, that it serves a filtering, cleaning purpose. Maybe I could just use this knife. Oh, oh my God. God! What? Do you have anything of Kathy's you could use? <laughs> what else can I provide for you? All right, we're gonna do one more. All right, one more. Right. One more round here. Thank, Thank you, Marissa. you, Marissa, for doing all this. Mm-hmm. All right, so I gotta dip this in. Right. Oh, this feels like it's oh yeah, right consistency. It's like warm apple pie. I'm gonna I'm gonna let some of this drip, and co- I think what you have to do is do a couple of. Uh, Swirls, little applications. Couple of yeah, you got to cools. do it more than once. Yeah, right. You got to like take it out a little bit and then put it back in, and yep. then it sort of adds oh, a layer. Yeah, because like you start to build candles. a layer on it. Yeah, I got. Yeah. yeah, okay, that makes sense. Did you ever? Would you guys ever make candles? I did. Yes. Yeah, where you have to do like a little bit and then stop, <laughs> and then a little bit more and stop. I think that's what this is. So hang on a second here. I'm swirling this, uh, letting it coat. And then I'm going to let it kind of drip off and make a point. I think that's... Wow. So you got to let more of a conical shape. I'm going to elongate it. Are you yeah. going to do both nostrils at the same time? I, uh, <laughs> oh, God. It's turning into a penis. Hang on a second. Here. <clears throat> okay. There we go. That's it's, what it looked like for a moment. Yeah. I just looked at Steve. I'm like, hmm, I think we can use that. Yeah. <laughs> now he's turning into that's a penis. all it takes. <laughs> do you have some wax? I want to add an addition to my penis. <laughs> Casey, how long ago did you get the the wax? Because you did the full frontal and backle, right? Uh, that was backle. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was it uh, in Conchi. Uh, yeah. Okay, Y one hundred Conchi. We did it in the studio there. Oh, you said that was man. super painful. Well, parts of it. Um, the the pubis, uh, the area right ab- above uh, my wang. Uh, yeah. That area hurt a lot. <laughs> Believe it or not, like the more tender the area, like. The, the butthole wasn't bad. Okay, <laughs> we're just watching Preston pound spikes up his skull. Going a little deeper with it. Yeah, you yeah, did. we can tell. It's but, like you're using it as a fence post digger. But Case, you were talking about your butthole. I'm sorry. Yeah, that actually really wasn't that bad. You got your butthole. live on air. Yeah, he had a full. I mean, a full oh. full Brazilian nuts to butt. Yeah, but Brazilian. like the the top, like the the pubis area, that was that like bled. Yes, yeah. Uh, it was a lot well, of blood. Also, you, um, did you shave prior to it? No, I was yeah, told not to. Yeah, so that's to. probably part He was told of the not issue. to. Yeah. But I'm saying, if you, I, I think that that's going to make you bleed a little more. Yeah. Do you, do you mean, chop yourself hair. down before you go in? I don't do Brazilians. Oh, I never don't? have, no. I'm not that hairy, remember? I, I, yeah, neither am I. I use a, uh, I use a razor. I use my wife's facial razor. I'm like the only Italian that's not hairy. I was about to say, isn't that that's usually yeah, a trait, I, right? I have 50% Irish in me as well, so yes. that's probably that's, it. That's our half. Jesus, hang on a second here. <laughs> this, is, this is getting messy. Yeah, it's harder when you have something shoved up your nose, I think. I remember. <laughs> what the hell is that? 
All right. Wow. Oh, my God. Look at his face. You are really into this. <laughs> All right. There you oh, go. I'm going to let it cool off first. You're like a walrus. Now I think you're really supposed to do one at a time. Slap yeah. your hands together. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me throw you this beach ball. <laughs> Can you play a horn with your mouth? <laughs> what, do I look like a, a, a seal? Yeah, yeah a, like walrus. a walrus. Yeah, a here walrus. you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to SeaWorld. Our performing act today is Preston. All right, this is going to hurt. Yeah, uh, I, could, yeah, I could tell. I would imagine so. Uh, you, you guys want to do like a wishbone on me? Each one grabs a... Each one grabs Yeah, which one's luckier? Oh, God. Okay. All right, good luck, man. All good right. luck. Wow. Yeah. How long do you wait? That's tight. They anchored? Yeah, I can see it's actually yeah. pulling the skin on your nose. Yeah. Okay. Could you okay. drum with that? Ooh, how tight is it? Could you do a little Gene Krupa with that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, here we go. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, God, this is not going to be fun. Get yourself in the ruin. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Empty the tank. Empty the tank. One, two, three. <sighs> yeah! Oh, nice. Oh. oh, my God, there's a lot more hair on there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you get a rush of extra smellability? Oh. What is it like? Oh. <laughs> okay. Not bad. Here, put them right there. Marissa wants to take pictures of those later. Well, the other ones are hairier because that's the second run. So, I don't know, uh, man. That one's pretty fun. So what's this about balm? Is this an essential thing for the healing process that we're missing out on, Kathy? Yeah, so like afterwards, um, it's sort of like a, a lotion that's going to help with um, some okay. of the redness and some of the tenderness. There's some uh, cake batter in the refrigerator. Well, this kit didn't come with anything to put up your nose. See, I have this beeswax lip balm. Could you use that? I think that. Why wouldn't that work? It's lemongrass, Zambezi. Organic beeswax. If you want to shove that up there. Uh, hey, I'm looking at my nose. It looks, it looks beautiful. You liking what you're seeing? <laughs> it looks beautiful. beautiful. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah. While I person now, here's the deal. When when you wax, Kathy, yeah. hair, it takes longer for it to grow back, right? As opposed to shaving, isn't that the point of waxing? Yeah, because you're pulling it out at the root. Right. So maybe it'll be a longer time before I need to go in and shave my nose hairs. Well, that's the desired result, right? You hope that's the case. How often normally were you trimming your nose hairs? I don't know. I did, it wasn't like a regular part of right. my, my uh, beauty regimen, but um, <laughs> I think re- now you can. I would, just when I would notice. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, I don't know, Steve, month, every month and a half or something like that? I mean, not, not that often. It's five times a day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you know what? I'll, I'll get back to you, but so far, yeah. I prove. Do you feel lighter? Okay. I prove uh, it. It, uh, it definitely did what it advertises it does. Oh wait, there's wax stuck on my finger. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, thumbs up. Thumbs right. up on Nick. Not so much. Is it worth it? I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I don't mind trying it. It was fine to to do it once. I don't think I need to buy the product. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, anyhow, well, thank you, Kathy, for bringing that product, and thank you for my new You're mirror welcome. over here. Which <laughs> it's beautiful. Put my Keep mirror back. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Want to see something funny? Uh, Or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. 
Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by Natural Lawn of America. Natural Lawn of America is safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. Schedule their full-service program and get free seeding every year. Call 800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. Doctors say that a child in Iraq is the first to be born with three penises. Three penises! Yes. Experts say the boy has a rare... Got the whole weekend covered. A rare condition called trifalia. Man. Uh, the first case ever reported in the world, by the way. Does it say how the penises present? Are they horizontal, vertical? Uh, I've got some details on the penises. The unidentified baby was three months old when it was discovered. Wow. Uh, the child's parents discovered swelling in his scrotum and two skin projections. Further investigation was soon carried out to discover more. Stunned doctors later realized that those skin projections were actually penises two centimeters and one centimeter in length uh and this is uh, you know i'm speaking medically this here medically yeah with uh, only one of the extra two having a head on it okay uh they then diagnosed the top with the world's first ever case of trifalgia uh the boys extra penises were both non-functional yeah. uh so surgery was less complicated because of that uh sometimes in some cultures things like that are perceived as um, like divine intervention. Was there any sort of thing attached to that or just, no. just an anomaly? No. Yeah. Uh, doctors first diagnosed uh, supernumerary penises over 400 years ago after a baby was born with two. The condition is said to affect one in every five to six million births. And around 100 cases of babies born with two penises have been reported, both uh, with both working in some cases. That's amazing. It does happen. Now, yeah. you, listen, you know, your, your mind reels. At the possibility. Yes. You could have a threesome just by having one partner. You could. Yeah. You could easily do that. Uh, a couple who had sex while skydiving have revealed how they ended up in the hospital after he forgot to open his parachute. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you get distracted. <laughs> yeah. William and Leslie have been together for a little over a year when they decided to take part in the high-risk romp. William said, I am uh, an adrenaline junkie, and she's an adrenaline junkie in training, and she loves it, and I love it. Uh, Leslie admits that she's very sexually active, yeah. and all it takes is for William to look at her to get her in the mood. Huh. Uh, when it comes to sex, he said, I come up with the ideas. I come up with a lot of different ways to have sex. So when the couple decided to take part in a skydive, Leslie could think of no better time to join the Mile High Club. You're a complete dirty <laughs> whore. The couple spent their flight kissing to get them in the mood Aww. before throwing themselves out of a plane while having sex in midair may seem tricky, Leslie was confident that they would have no trouble. She said, since we were both wearing baggy shorts, I thought we would just be able to connect without a hassle. That, that, that would seem like difficult and painful, too, with the velocity of the wind. Absolutely. And she was right. The couple fulfilled their wildest fantasy midair, but their lovemaking quickly took a wrong turn. William said, we were having sex. We were making love. The next time I look... At the timer it hits me, we're in trouble. Realizing how close they are to the ground, William deployed Leslie's parachute before releasing his own, which flew up and hit him in the face, oh, man. leaving him in immense pain as he reached the ground. Uh, Leslie said, when I saw him on the ground at first, I thought he was dead. With a searing pain in his groin, William is worried about the future of his sex life. He said, not only might I be done skydiving, I might be done pleasing my woman. 
Uh, the couple headed straight to the hospital where doctors confirmed that luckily the only thing broken was his nose. The severe bruising on his groin does mean that William will have to lay off getting late for a few weeks. See, you go, you have skydiving sex with me, you'll have more than enough time to pull your shoe. Uh-huh. So, uh, apparently he said little buddy is okay. Ah, uh, that, that's, a, that's a risk. And mm-hmm. I think just naturally flapping would be an issue, wouldn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why the, the bruising and all that. Yeah. So, there you go. A drunk mother got kicked out of a nightclub, then attacked her boyfriend with a hairdryer because he refused to have sex with her. Adriana Sierra. And you're a mother. Adriana Sierra allegedly bludgeoned her boyfriend in the early hours of Sunday after climbing on top of him and demanding sex only to be told no. Uh, She is said to have gone clubbing. Spit that out. While her partner stayed at home to watch their kids, then came home in drunken rage after being kicked out. Sierra's partner said that the noise she was making woke up their children and that she picked up a hairdryer by its cord, striking him several times with the device. Uh, The man, who wasn't named, said Sierra then picked up their daughter and ran to the house next door. Police were called with Sierra claiming that she had suffered domestic violence at the hands of her partner, telling an officer, he just beat my ass. (laughs) Asked for further detail, Sierra was allegedly too drunk to make any sense and did not offer a coherent version of events. I'll, I'll tell you what happens. She eventually claimed that her boyfriend had punched her with a closed fist after refusing her sex. Officers then questioned Sierra's partner, who insisted that she was the aggressor and that he had been the victim. Both had injuries, but Sierra was arrested after sh- shouting, let me back around him and I'll beat his ass again while being questioned by police. Bet you she's a good mother. Uh, Sierra, who has previous arrests for public intoxication and running a red light, has been charged with domestic assault. Is there any chance they can give the kids to the boyfriend? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Seems to be taking better care of them. All right, and then uh, finally we'll do one last story, and we will go with this one. A man who is performing Botox treatments oh boy. <laughs> has been arrested and charged with practicing or attempting uh, to practice medicine without a medical license. Why do they keep demanding a medical license? Director Mike Bruno with the Sheriff's Office called it one of the most bizarre cases he's come across in his career. He received a tip from another law enforcement agency that Nelson Turin was performing Botox treatments without medical license. Now, investigators found several videos online showing Turin injecting clients with Botox and doing other treatments. Detectives came across an advertisement that was called Bubbles and Botox, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the Botox was for the clients. The Bubbles, that was for the clients and the doctor, Bruno said. Uh, Turin also was consuming champagne oh, no. and Four loco. Oh, dear. Uh-huh. And he would do this during the patient consultations while he would sit down and have the patient on the table and basically telling them that what he would do or what he would need to do and what kind of services they w- that would be provided. My uh, prostate surgeon and I were doing whippets during the procedure. A detective who was posing as a client went to the spa to talk about a Botox treatment. During a consultation, Turin was seen consuming alcoholic beverages huh. for loco. Uh, Turin set up an injection kit, used a marker to identify different areas for an injection, and prepared to perform the treatment. And Bruno said, that's when our other detectives came in and stopped him where he was and arrested prior to doing any of the services on our undercover officer. Botox and bubbles needs to be the theme of our first sorority event. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad right? idea. It's Actually, a bad yeah. idea. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you, you clearly don't need, a, drink. You don't need a medical license. <laughs> Turin was charged with three counts of possession and legend uh, and and of possession of legend drugs. I don't know what that means. 
without a prescription with intent to sell or deliver and leading the public to believe that he was a licensed medical doctor. Have you ever seen pictures of Botox that has migrated uh, oh. in, in people's faces? Botox? Oh, yeah. 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 You can move. This is the reason yeah. why I still can't... <laughs> I can't pull myself to do it. Yeah. You end up looking like a Dick Tracy character, Preston. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in the B-File for you. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. It's brought to you by Rita's Water Ice. Head to your Rita's and get a Reese's Concrete. Reese's Concretes combine Rita's creamy frozen custard with fudge, peanut butter, and Reese's toppings. Available in three delicious flavors. Let's see if you uh, got some stories for us, Steve. I'm sure you do. What's going I on? I do, yes. The James Bond movie No Time to Die is being slotted for a possible November 20th release date. In the modified COVID edit, Bond will face his most formidable foe yet, a guy openly sneezing into his hand. Yeah. Hey! Sources close to Katie Holmes saying she and boyfriend chef Emilio Bitolo Jr. are very active sexters. In fact, the two are supposedly so active that both their phones have contracted syphilis. <laughs> oh my God. And finally, Caitlyn Jenner was completely left in the dark when plans to wrap up Keeping Up with the Kardashians was announced. Caitlyn says she just happened to hear about it at the Home Depot where she was getting a Brazilian. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood uh, our next guest is on to chat about all kinds of stuff, including his one-man show, A Bronx Tale. And we are excited to once again have this gentleman on. Please welcome Chaz Palminteri. Yeah. Hey. Morning, Chaz. How are you doing, guys? We're doing oh. great. Hey, I, I have to tell you, Chaz, we've, we've had the, the pleasure of having you here in our studio on a couple of occasions. And I remember the first time we had you by, I was certainly familiar with you. However... I had never seen a Bronx tale before. And I, and I know everybody was like, <gasps> and <laughs> since then, it has become the movie that when I see if I'm if I'm surfing and it is on, I get so excited. I, I absolutely love, love that film. It's something that I can that I can settle into at any time. And it's just it's it's that good. It's that it's good. that good it, and that engaging. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and just to, piggyback, that, to piggyback on what what Preston is saying. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, of Dickens and, and uh, Christmas Carol and, and things that become timeless yep. and applicable to different times in your life and different yes. moods and the ability to glean different things at different times. And I think A Bronx Tale is exactly that kind of work. I appreciate that. You know, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's always on uh, the top 10 best of uh, uh, of classics that people like to watch in the AFI and uh uh, what can I say? You know, I wrote it, and you never know you're going to write something like that 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 just, uh, you know, just goes on and on if, and, and gets better and better, and more people like it. So uh, I'm very blessed that I was able to write it. I'm 
Uh, I'm blessed that it was about my life and my mom and dad. And uh, so it's a legacy to my parents. So I'm very excited that people still love it. What a wonderful tribute. But, you know, what it also does is it's a constant reminder of the grays in life, not mm. not just a black and white. That, you yes. know, because certainly people who you might have perceived as reprehensible and, in fact, in some ways are also have sides that can be nurturing. And, and so you have to take that into consideration. You can't judge people in these extremes. Well, that's a very intuitive observation because that's what makes the movie so endearing. It's not about black and not about white. Uh, and I mean that figuratively. It's not black and white. It's gray and gray. Yeah. As bad as Sonny was, as bad as Sonny was, he was really a good guy. He was telling me exactly the same thing as my father was telling me. Right. Uh, my father, who was a great man, you know, had his faults. So it's about accepting people for who they are and loving them for it, you know, and that's what makes it so great. A uh, 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 Bronx Steel has archetypes. It's these. It's the father image. It's the the, uh, the the gangster image or the or the. It's not evil, like I said. It's great, right? And it's about this young boy who's coming of age. Uh, I mean, if there's, there's a wonderful book called The Moral Intelligence of Children, and they devote a whole chapter to a Bronx tale. And they actually talk about what you just said, how the reason why it's so great is because it's gray and gray, and how sometimes evil or good is not so easily recognized. I, I wanted to ask you, as the author, as this being your life experience, as you perform it and do it, have you, through the years, tapped into different aspects that you yourself even weren't aware that you had oh, yes all the time i go as i was doing it and as the years go on i started to realize that and it could be my own imagination that's thinking this right i said why did this guy sonny the gangster take this interest in me uh he didn't want me to be a gangster he didn't want me to be bad he wanted me to be good and then i realized it's not just because i didn't rat on him i thought about it later i said i think and this is me just thinking right uh Maybe I was his penance in life that if there's one good thing I'm going to do, I'm going to save this kid. I thought, gonna- I thought the same thing. I swear to God, that, that to me uh, seemed that, seemed that same. Here's a right. guy who's doing a lot of bad, but all right, I like this kid. Right. If I do this, maybe I get some points when I'm in front of the pearly gates. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's my imagination that said that. And. It's kind of nice, and I think about that, and, you know, it's amazing. I've been doing the one-man show now for 32 years. Wow. 32 years. This will be, at Resource International, will be my 988th performance. Jeez. Okay. Jeez. So, think about it. This is the only time this has ever happened in the history of the world where something, a guy wrote, the one-man show, started it, the movie started it. The musical started it. <laughs> right. You know, so it's, uh, but people who've seen the movie and love the movie and love and love, love the uh, musical always say to me, the one man show to them is the best. I don't know if you guys ever saw it. You should absolutely, you know, speak to the publicist and, and she'll give you tickets because it is the one thing you've got to see. You know, before you leave this earth, it really is. I do the whole movie on stage by myself. Yeah, amazing. Okay, the whole thing. I play eighteen characters. 
That's what Robert De Niro saw when he came to see it. All of this is the chair on stage and me. That's wow. it. Yeah. Nothing else. And Robert De Niro saw it. And all of Hollywood saw it. And, it, and I won all these awards. And that's what made me a star. And it became a bidding war. You know the whole story. They, wanted, yes. uh, they offered me a million dollars. And I said no. And finally, De Niro, De Niro saw it. And he was wonderful and said, look, I think you'd be great, Sonny. And you should write it because it's your life. And it'll be honest. And I'll direct it. And I'll play your father. And if you shake my hand, that's the way it'll be. I shook his hand. And that's he kept his word. And that's the way it was. Wow. I love it. I love it. It's just, it's it's one of those things, and you know, it, you 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 uh, you you, <laughs> for lack of a better term, fanboy out. Be it, but it's such an important movie, and, and such an important work. You know, pop culturally speaking, yeah. it's been through ever since it was released, and ever since I became aware of it, uh, it is it has meant so much. And I know to yep. you as well, Preston. Yep, it's, it's just that kind of thing. But you you also have a storied. You know, film career as well outside of that and other directing things as well. A film that you yes. were in that I really enjoy called Mulholland Falls. Uh, yeah. a, a really cool movie, you know, bare knuckle, period piece uh, with Nick Nolte. That movie seems like a unique. I, where, where the hell did you shoot that, by the way? Were you on location? Because you guys were in the desert a lot. Yes, yes we shot that in the L.A. desert. Uh, and it was just, it was a wonderful movie. Nick Nolte was so great in it, and great actors, Michael Madsen and, and the late Chris Penn. Uh, and we we had a wonderful time. It reminded me of those old-time film noir movies. I love it. <clears throat> it was a great film. I've been very fortunate. Uh, you know, one act, uh, an actor's like to, they just like to be in one classic. I've been in a whole bunch mm-hmm. with the usual suspects and... Uh, yep. Uh, you know, analyze this mm-hmm. uh, bullets over Broadway. I, I've been very fortunate. I've, I've, I'm having a wonderful career, and uh, you know, I'm really enjoying. Well, uh, you know, doing what I love to do. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, Chaz, let me ask you about another classic because uh, uh, Steve has introduced me to MeTV, and there's this channel called Fubo where you can watch these old shows. And yeah. one show that showed up recently uh, that I, I, for whatever reason, fell down the rabbit hole is. Uh, the Hogan family. And Sandy Duncan is walking around this casino, and there's this goon in the background who's making sure that these people don't get in any trouble. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Chaz Palminteri. It was, it was early on in your career, and I'm sure you were happy to get the work, but you probably had also written Bronx Hill at that point or were working on it. So what's it like for you to have something like that on your resume as well? Uh, yes, yes, I <clears throat> I remember that I needed money so bad and it helped me feel. <laughs> yeah. uh, when I got that, I remember because I was writing Bronx Tale right at that time. Wow, you know. So uh, listen, you know, it's it's either that or, or I had to go out bouncing at a nightclub again. So, <laughs> and you did. You you you. I, I, I remember. I was so. <clears throat> excuse me. I remember. I was so grateful that I got that job, and it's so fortunate, you know. Uh, we have to bring up Godfather of Harlem too, which yes, uh, yeah, course. you play Joe Bonanno. Um, yeah, super solid. Nick turned me on to that. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, and, and um, so it, it's funny, and 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 perhaps you can uh, speak to this as well, Chaz. Is that we were talking earlier about there used to be years ago the stigma of a of a movie star doing really? a television show. That seems to almost have flipped completely where the quality stuff is the other way. Is that correct, would you say? That's correct. You're absolutely correct. I mean, television now is, oh, my God, is where all the big money is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
Uh, I mean, look, movies are still great, but it's very difficult to do movies right now. It's really movies right now, the way the streaming uh, uh, circuit is, it's really for the big movies like, uh, you know, Iron Man, right. and, uh, sure. Spider-Man and all this other stuff. Look, I still enjoy doing movies. I still like it. But the great work, you could take chances on television now. You know, you could do like eight episodes of something very unique that you couldn't do in the movie. So uh, there's so many more opportunities. So much more streaming is out there. And they want content so bad that it's really, really great. Look, I mean, you have people. I mean, I have my own podcast show, which I'm shamelessly going to plug <laughs> Go right now. Go ahead. Uh, Chaz Palmateri, uh Chaz Palmateri show. Uh, you know, uh, and it's just, uh, I'm, I'm having a ball doing it, talking about my career, doing what I'm doing right now, giving life lessons, talking about Bronx Tale. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you, you have your own channel. You can, you have your own content. You can do whatever you like. I mean, look like you guys are on, on a, on a show and it's, this is like, Hey, I could have a show too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, look. We have we have gangsters that have shows. Now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, uh, in fact, uh, you know, like, yeah, the Sammy the Bull and Michael Francis, who just got together for the first time in this, and they're having this big sit down, and they asked me to be the narrator uh, and write something for it. And I wrote something for it, and that's about to come out. I think October. First. We had Michael Francis in the studio, yeah. uh, and, oh, and, and, and an amazing story, uh, amazing story and, and we're perpetually drawn to this kind of subject matter, so I'm, I'm right. probably going to watch that, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, really uh, an amazing guy, and I really liked him a great deal, but, uh, you know, there's so many opportunities now for content, and that's what makes this thing so great. So, so great. What yeah. are some of the things you've enjoyed about um, or, or subjects that you've tackled on uh, on your podcast? Is it open to pretty much anything? Well, I always, I have guests on. You know, I, I was very fortunate. Uh, I, um, I've had the, the, a lot of the cast from Godfather of Harlem. That's such a great show. It's a timeless piece. And it's about our history with Malcolm X and yeah. Muhammad Ali and, and Bumpy Johnson. There's Forrest Whitaker. I mean, the actors on it, Forrest Whitaker, Giancarlo Esposito, Paul Savino, Vincent D'Onofrio. Wow. It goes on and on. And Catherine Narducci. Uh, and the, the actor who plays Malcolm X, I was not familiar with him, but man, does he nail that role. And it's, you're right, it's a great, uh, listen, you're a fantastic actor, Charles, but I'm Chaz, but you're surrounded by these incredible other actors. Had you ever worked with well, Forrest Whitaker before? Uh, you know what? I've never worked with Forrest, and he is just absolutely amazing. Look, Chris Brancato, who wrote it, uh, who's the creator of it, and that's where it all starts, you know. He wrote Narco, and he, yeah. and he has this incredible uh, uh, ear and, and dialogue and just writes great scenes, him and his partner, Paul. and uh, it, It's just great, great writers, great actors. You put that all together. Uh, great production, Godfather of Harlem. If you haven't seen it, you've got to go on Epics and see it. This is season two. Uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful show. It's really good. I'm catching up. Let me ask you, when you have a Chaz Palminteri on set and you're working on something that's of this subject matter, uh, do you get asked ever to do any script punching up or, or are you asked for your input on uh, the script? Yeah, so once, so of course, yeah, sometimes they, they'll just ask, 
uh, if I have an idea, I'll say, right. hey, you know, Chris, could could you try this and try that? And they go they go right ahead and do it. You know, the if they like what you say, and you know, they'll 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 change something for you. You know, if they don't, then it, it's it's their show. They're the boss, but they give you the opportunity to be collaborative and say if you want to change something or like something. It's it's pretty wild and with with your career and the and you talk about obviously being blessed with what you have. I'm sure you've been offered roles that you might have passed on. Have you yeah. regretted anyone that that was that yes. went your way? Yes. What what comes to yes. mind? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> There's one role, one role I regret turning down, and that's only because I turned it down because I was directing a movie, and I could I have done it? I probably could have, but it would have been really hard, but I would have had to make a big fuss with the other studio, and I should have done it, and it was Donnie Brasco. Oh. And, uh, mm. It was the role of uh, uh, Sonny Black, which Michael Madsen played, and he was, don't get me wrong, he was brilliant in it. But I was offered that first, and I'm so mad that I didn't do it. <laughs> because I love that movie so much. It is a great movie. I love that movie so much, and it's so uh, such a brilliant movie. And I'm friends with Al Pacino, and I, I think that's one of his greatest, greatest roles of playing this, you know, this kind of down gangster. Right. Uh, that is one I... Uh, I, I turned down another role, but I don't regret it. I turned and the other role I turned down was uh, Tony Soprano. Oh, yeah. And I know people go Tony Soprano. Why did I? And you know what? I I, I couldn't do it at the time. Uh, I was I it was twenty five years ago. Uh, I had throat cancer and I was just recovering from it, hmm. and I I just wasn't able to do it. Uh, I love the pilot. I love the show, but I couldn't physically do it at right. that time. Well, because it, I just I just had I just got operated on, and you know what? It was okay because James Gandolfini, who was absolutely astounding in it, was the right guy to do right, it. Yeah, did it, and uh, I I was a big fan of the show. I loved the show, but I never regretted turning it down it, because I I couldn't do it. You know, in in a way, the life lessons that are disseminated from a Bronx Tale are are to me. If you've never seen, or obviously you can go see the the live performance, as you say, the the right way to to see it, you can actually glean very usable life lessons. And do you find oh, yourself yes. do you find yourself sometimes reminding you of your own life lessons? Oh, all the time. Yeah. You know, a lot of times on my podcast, I have this one segment called Neighborhood Logic, where I tell people, don't go to a shrink, come and see me. <laughs> you know, it's, a lot cheaper. it's a lot cheaper, and you can do it from your house. You know? And uh, so I get all these questions that I answer when we do the Neighborhood Logic episodes. And it's funny because, and then I, I'm telling people about this, and I'm, I'm talking about like what Sonny said and, and all these things, and I go, gee, you know what? Sometimes I better follow my own advice. Yeah. <laughs> and after I say it, I go, gee, I have a problem like that too. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true, and I mean, it, it does comfort people to get. And and there is a sort of street smarts. There's just a sort of life lesson yes. thing. And and my parents were good at at, at giving that as well. <clears throat> and and even though you can't understand it sometimes. That's the way it is. So when you know it is the way it is, you can react accordingly. And a Bronx tale is full of that. Oh, full of that. I mean, I used to get, look, so much peop, uh, things that wise guys told me because I was friends with all the wise guys. I remember 
and it wasn't it wasn't Sonny who said it to me. He said, never answer the door. He goes, never answer the door or pick up the phone after one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> With- and I used to say, why? He goes, it's not good news. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, I, and he said, nobody's about to call you at one in the morning with good news. Don't answer. So I remember when I, I, I was, had my own apartment many years ago. I was in my 20s. And all of a sudden, a person was banging on the door. And I looked at the clock. And it said one o'clock, <laughs> and I never. And I went, and I thought of that yeah. thing, yeah. and I ran to the and I went to, I ran to the door, and I looked for the peacoat, and I saw this woman next to a woman. She was banging on my door, screaming, and her boyfriend was screaming at her, and she was screaming at him, and she started banging on all the doors, and they were having a big fight, and. Uh, he wasn't hitting her, but he was screaming. They were fighting yeah. with each other. And then other people opened the door, and they got involved. And the cops came, and I just, I just, I just walked back to my bed. And went, <laughs> there you go. Yep. And That's went, how you handle it. That guy was right. <laughs> nice. I love that. Well, we're excited that uh, the show is going to be in our area. Uh, once again, in Atlantic City. It's a right. Bronx Tale, a one-man show, and it's going to be at Resorts Casino Hotel. But, uh, Chaz, it's always so great to have you on. Uh, we're, we're happy that you're happy that you're still bringing this amazing uh, this amazing story to the stage for people to enjoy, and and now you've got your 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 podcast platform, and you're really really active. It's awesome to see all of that. Listen, you guys ever want to come down to my restaurants? I own a restaurant in Manhattan, Jazz mm-hmm. Palmer Church, one of the top Italian restaurants there, Thirty West Forty Sixth Street. Another one in White Plains. <laughs> I got two restaurants uh, at Two Sixty Four Main Street, and I, I I say that because. Uh, I'm very proud of my uh, restaurants. I'm very proud of my of my podcast. And uh, as well, you should I, be. I, I would have to say, though, uh, we would love to pick a night where you were at one of those restaurants. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because I don't think what could possibly be cooler than breaking bread with well, Chaz Palmateri. I go there quite often. Yes, I go there quite often. Yes, Excellent. I do. Well, thank you, Chaz, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again sometime soon. Thanks for God coming. Bless, guys. Thank Take you care. very much, Chaz Palmateri. Yeah. the best. The classic the best. man. Yeah, love him. Love him. He said he's done this 988 times. Oh, my God. (laughs) And uh, is on his way to doing a 1,000 performances of that. I had forgotten. I remember you telling me, Steve, that that it was De Niro who saw this and said, I got to be a part of this. I didn't know he saw. I just thought he had read the script or something. I didn't know he saw the one-man show on stage. And there was a bidding war on it. But, I mean, obviously, so so De Niro had some heft at that point and was able to step in and direct. But, I mean... The the it, it's him it's it's Palminteri's performance as this character Sonny that is, uh, you know it's 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 mesmerizing. He, he there's a the, he had talked about you know the little pieces of advice that he's yeah. gotten. There's 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 a great one in the in the movie where uh, Colgero uh, I, I forgot how he's, how you pronounce the main right, character's yeah. name the kid. Um, there's a guy that like owes him ten bucks, and he keeps seeing him. He's like, ah, oh, he, he sees him down the street. Yeah. Hey, how about that money? He's like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta blah 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 this and that. And suddenly he tells him, Hey, do you like that guy? He goes, No. Well, listen, for ten dollars, he's out of your life forever because yeah. he's <laughs> never going to come around because right. he owes you money. So quit bugging him about it, and you just won't have to deal with him anymore. Right, like, right. That's pretty good. If you want to see uh, in all of mob movies and all of movies like this, a scene that will chill you to your bone is when the biker gang is in the, the bar. Mm-hmm. And Sonny's trying to move them out of the bar, gives them every opportunity, 
and then it changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the and line now you can't leave. Now you just can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is so damn good. Wow. All right. Uh, listen, let's uh, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show podcast. Ninety-three-three WMMR. Everything that rocks.